Hello and welcome to our latest episode of Archive Panic, where we are continuing our retrospective on the legendary horror director, John Carpenter. I'm your host, Ben Niven. I'm Jacob Russell. And today we're going to be taking a look at The Thing. Hell yeah. So, The Thing released in 1982, I believe. Or was it 81? 82. 82. Yeah, 81 was, was Escape from New York, yeah. You're right, 81 was Escape from New York. So, so yeah. Yeah, this is our third time talking about <laughs> attempting to do this podcast. Yeah, um, so the first record fucked up because the file got corrupted, and the second record fucked up because I pressed the wrong button because I've got a new recording system. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it cut out just as soon as I mentioned I watched Uncut Gems, and I fucking... That's a sign. <laughs> I have that fucking rave song at the end stuck in my head for the past 10 days. Um, normally you'd think I'd be going insane by now, but I actually quite enjoy it. <laughs> of course you do. Your Scottish Euro trash music is in your blood. It's fucking class. Somebody was listening to it on the bus today when I was coming down, by the way. What? Yeah, somebody was blasting it out of the back of the bus. It was great. So It's the first time a Motorola DJ has played decent music. <laughs> That's fucking mad. Anyway, <laughs> I sent I sent it to a friend of mine. and I got a message back like like five minutes later. Going like that just makes me want to get in a club high off my tips, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, guy, I don't know how you feel. Fucking too right. But yeah, so <laughs> the thing, great movie. Uh, yeah. Before we get to that, uh, quick little detour. Uh, I went to see Renfield. Back mm. to watching this movie. And uh, if it is still in cinemas by the time we upload this shit, give it a watch. It was fucking great. Or just rent it. Or just give it a rent. Yeah, it is definitely worth the time. Uh, fantastic performances from our three main cast members, those being Aquafina, Nicholas Holt and Nick Cage. Nick Cage in particular shines as Dracula. He plays it fucking spot on throughout the, the course of the film. Uh, there are a few points where it tends to go on a little bit of a side, uh, sort of side mission kind of thing. It's like, okay, how is this going to come back? But by the end of the film, everything is kind of brought under the one umbrella. And so, okay, right, everything ties together quite nicely. But uh, it's a weird watching experience because mm. there are a couple of plot points where you're like, okay, where, where is this actually going to go? Is it going to get resolved? And it does eventually, but it takes its time. It's pretty cool. I mean, we're getting... A, I didn't see Renfield, but we're getting um, two Dracula movies released in the same year. So we're we getting, are, yeah. We've had Renfield, which is a more comedic take on uh, the character. And um, we're also getting... Um, I believe it's pronounced The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is... Uh, the ship that Dracula came to, yeah, to came the UK on in the original story. Yeah, we're getting that, which is being done by... I can't remember the man's name. He's like Norwegian or some shit. But he's doing. He did um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. So that should be interesting. Uh, I, and the trailer's out for it. It looks pretty decent. So. Yeah, it looks it looks promising. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably go see it. Yeah. Uh, still need to go see Evil Dead Rise though. I need to see that. Mm. <laughs> I probably won't go see that. Yes, yeah, you you've never really been a big fan of Evil Dead, have you? No. So crucify me all you want, but I prefer the twenty thirteen remake. No. <laughs> so, this yeah. is not a crucifixion. Yeah, it's okay to like a movie, you know. Yeah. Just uh, the same way it's okay to not like a movie. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think it all depends with when you watched those movies. 
because I was introduced to Evil Dead as a teenager, which I think makes me the target audience, especially for two and three, because those are very much like, those are, well, yes, they are kind of horror movies, but they are very much teenage boy wet dream kind of stuff. Like, Ash is a badass, is constantly quipping, it's gory as fuck. Well, the second one's gory as fuck. The third one, I'm pretty sure it was PG-13. It was I was rated that because of one scene. Yeah, and it's the blood uh, fucking fountain at the very start of the movie. That's the yeah. only time you see like a de- decent amount of blood. The rest, all the kills are bloodless and all that shit. Yeah, Army of so, Darkness yeah. was the first Evil Dead movie I saw. I wasn't very impressed with it. That's um, fair. Uh, I was, it was the first Evil Dead movie I saw as well. But again, Teenage Boy was prime for that shit. Yeah, and like, you know... We will, we will cover Evil Dead at some point, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll do a Raimi thing. We'll do a Raimi. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be doing the Spider-Man movies with the Marvel stuff. Spoiler alert, we we're, we're going to be doing um, a Marvel series. Not just the MCU. Marvel, uh, full stop. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, starting with Howard the Duck, working our way down. But, uh, but no. Working, you say working our way down as if Howard the Duck is the pinnacle of Marvel movies. It's the, as good as it fucking gets. I mean, I main, I main Howard the Duck when I do Lego Marvel in the free room, so yes. Uh, <laughs> you can. He's in it. Yeah, I know, but why him? Because he's funny. He his movement launcher. is shit. He has a rocket launcher. Yeah, but his movement through the city's pish. Don't care, he has a rocket launcher. Why wouldn't you use Iron Man? You can fly around. I can always just swap to him. Yeah, good point. But, but uh, Evil Dead, I saw Army of Darkness first. Uh, didn't particularly care for it. I have a very specific uh, taste when it comes to like comedy horrors. Um, then, you know, the remake came out. Saw the remake. Liked the remake. Well, not the remake is shit hot. Uh, and then I bought the first movie. First movie's fine. I just... Uh, I've only watched it like once and, no I've never, budget as and I've never seen Evil Dead 2 so yeah. yeah I've never seen it we so. should watch it together at some point I think you'll like it but anyway moving on back on track to The Thing great movie when did you first watch this movie? I would have been about 12, 13 or something <laughs> 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 I started getting into like uh, horror stuff like um Ooh, like Alien uh, mm. when I was about that age um, I liked my sci-fi stuff so the thing kind of fell into that I, I read somewhere that there was yeah because you were a big Star Trek fan before you got like Star Trek X-Files and all that like you were big into uh, sci-fi prior to finding yeah, Potter, which is a pipeline that a lot of people follow I've found yeah and I read somewhere that um, there was three remakes of sci-fi movies in the 80s that were really good uh, those being The Fly, the David Cronenberg movie, which is also very good. I, I, I saw that and this around the same time. Uh, oh, well. The Thing and uh, The Blob, which is yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I like The Blob a lot. Scorpion King's a better movie by Chuck Russell. I will forever I am going to fucking murder you. I will die on that hill. It is a fucking great movie. Fuck you. Scorpion King is shit. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 is his best movie, but Scorpion King is better than The Blob. You heard me say it first. So, you know... But, uh, yeah, the thing, I saw it... I'm going to come out of fucking mud up at the end of this show, I'm the, telling you. I'm pretty sure, though, I, I, I bought this copy of the thing. I have a, I have this weird copy of the thing where it's like a... It's a two-in-one DVD, isn't it? It's got yeah, it's dual thing. disc. It's dual disc. So, like, oh, it's uh, dual disc, okay. Yeah, so uh, one disc is the, the Carpenter version and the other disc is the thing from another world. The 50s yeah, the version, original movie. Which I actually still have not watched. I'll probably get rid of that at some point. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so I bought this and I also bought the Robocop trilogy at the same time. 
Um, what the fuck? I bought them in Morrison's. Okay, hold on. It was annoying the fuck out of me. I bought them, in, I bought them both in Morrison's at the same time. But uh, so I saw this movie when I was like 12 because um, uh, my mum actually really liked this movie because she fucking likes Kurt Russell. So I mean, who doesn't? It's yeah, Kurt Russell. Yeah. The man is handsome. This man can do whatever the fuck he wants. I mean, he's playing fucking Santa Claus now, so... Yeah. And those Christmas Chronicles movies, which I haven't seen. And he's weirdly still kind of hot, and that does things to me that I don't like. It's fucked up. I shouldn't find Santa hot, but then they cast fucking Kurt Russell. It's bollocks. I mean, I wouldn't fuck Kurt Russell, but, you know. I fucking would. Sure. <laughs> Come on, man. Sure. Fucking look at him. Give me... Uh, give me uh, Adrian Look at him, mate, though. Give me Adrian Barbeau, or... Fuck me, give me Nancy Loomis. Why not all of the above? The perks of bisexuality. <laughs> See, I'm not there, so... Yeah, no, I know. Give me Nancy Loomis. I just, yeah. like, I just like fucking with people. Don't even know what Nancy Loomis looks like anymore, but, you know... Give me, seven, give me 80s Nancy Loomis, I'll have a great time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nancy Loomis. <laughs> this pod, I didn't expect the Thing episode to be our horniest episode, but so far it's getting there. No, The Fog is still our horniest episode. I, I was... Mm. <laughs> Fuck you. But uh, uh, anyway, so uh, so you saw you were twelve. You bought it from Morrison's because of that. Uh, you were on that sci-fi kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a similar experience, but I, it was because of that like five hundred movies book that you had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was in there as well. Um, I think it's that's five hundred movies to see before you die. Yeah. Which is a morbid fucking book for a 12-year-old to have. 501 must-see movies was a very specific number. It's always a and one. It's never just 100. <laughs> it's it's like never just 90. It's always 99. 101. <laughs> this one movie that's kind of shit, but we want to put it in there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Bet you that was Dark Star. Because that was in there. <laughs> Dark Star is in there. Yeah. But I know, it's 501 movies to see before you die. There's actually a couple of movies in there that I'm surprised are in there. Fucking uh, Troy's in there. Try was okay. Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of Black Pearls in there. That's a fucking great movie. Yeah, but is it a must-see movie? Fuck yeah. Mm. I would say yeah. Mm. I would say yes specifically for... I know this happens very early on, but for the for, the sword fight between uh, Will and Jack Sparrow right at the start, like in the, yeah, the yeah. blacksmith shop. Just doing my civic duty, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that <laughs> scene... Like, and that fight is so well choreographed. Like, that's what puts it in that list for me. But anyway, onto the thing. So, I seen it in that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And it kind of stored it away in my head. It's like one to look out for. And it was on Sky Movies one night. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a good watch. And I knew nothing about this film except from what was in the book, which was it's a great film, uh, a very brief plot summary that mentioned next to nothing like the book was really good in terms of like not spoiling any of the movies it was telling you to watch for the most part yeah like it was very much just a brief explanation why it's so fucking good go watch it before you die which again morbid book to have at 12 but uh nevertheless so i watched it knew nothing about it this is not a good film to watch if you have a fear of dogs which I did at the time. Okay. I didn't sleep for a fucking week after this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. fucked me up. 
They didn't fuck me up too bad. I was yeah, fine with this. Yeah, but you were deathly afraid of dogs when you fucking watched it. I was. And then next thing you know, one of the first scenes, Wolf, no, not Wolf, Husky, close enough. Fucking Husky getting chased down through the snow. Oh, that's a wee shame. They missed him. And the fucking... <laughs> next thing you know, his fucking faces open up and skulls falling off and shit. <laughs> it's pissing on another dog, which then melts. Uh, yeah, that's a great, yeah. That's a great movie. So, <laughs> now that the kind of preamble is out of the way, shall we dive into it? Sure. Yeah. So, the first thing we should know is that there's a common misconception about this film, and that is that the soundtrack is done by John Carpenter. That is not true. Oh, it's done by Ennio Morricone. Ennio Morricone, who fucking kills it. Yeah, he's uh, in the probably, soundtrack department as yeah, well. He's probably best known for like a spaghetti western. Story. Exactly. Yeah, another uh, Western connection with John Carpenter because the man just wants to make a Western. Yeah, <laughs> the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He did the soundtrack to that, and yeah, plenty of other things, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, um, I've told you this before, but Ennio Morricone, like, uh, you know, when this movie came out, it was shit on. Um, yeah, yeah, this film did not do well. It was shit uh, on upon release, and like uh, the soundtrack. Um, I mean, the Razzies aren't worth shit. Yeah, they're, they're frequently just wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, but, you know. But, well, sometimes they get it right. Some films deserve, like, to be shit upon. But, yeah, they, like, the Razzies yeah. aren't worth shit. They're just publicity. But, yeah. like, uh, he was nominated for worst score for this movie, which is hilarious because uh, uh, The Hateful Eight, which uh, Quentin Tarantino made, and when was that, 2015? Um, the, the score for The Hateful Eight is used up of unused pieces of music from this movie. Mm-hmm. that Ennio Morricone wrote for this movie um, Quentin Tarantino used them for The Hateful Eight and uh, Morricone won an Oscar for it yeah. so you know <laughs> what goes around comes around uh, it's fucking weird yeah but whatever so we have our what eighth now open, set of opening credits on a black background boom boom yeah. As the score puts us beautifully on edge, cut us off, Ennio Morricone, and we see the ship crash, which see, which then, uh, what's the word I'm looking Don't for? Don't see the ship crash first, then it's the music. No, it's the music, then the ship crashes. Yeah, whatever. And then that goes into the titled card, mm-hmm. which was which emulates the original very well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like a recreation of that initial title card done in I think the same way more or less yeah you just they, out the outline of it yeah. yeah I think it was actually the effect was achieved the same way as it was in the 50s version which is a nice touch from Carpenter again showing respect for the movie I mean we already know that Carpenter has a level of reverence for the thing from another world considering he put it in one of his yeah. earlier works that being Halloween yeah he put it in Halloween <laughs> yeah. even like the actors when the original movie shit on this version of the movie when it came out like what the fuck is this <laughs> but you know but you know what time some movies age well this movie aged like a fine wine hmm. and by that I mean it started out as rotten grapes and as time went on it became a fucking vintage you should also <laughs> probably state that this movie isn't I mean is classed as a remake but it isn't really uh, this movie takes more of the book than yes. the original movie did 
So you could make the same argument that uh, that I previously made for Hellraiser 2022 that is more of a new adaptation of the source material as opposed to a remake of the original film. The only thing they really changed was uh, there was like 30-odd folk in the base in the book and they just whittled it down to like, well, I don't know how many there is. Like yeah, because this film was, while the special effects budget was used very well, it was not a high-budget movie, not quite low-budget, but it definitely... It was, mid, it was mid. It was, yeah, it was... <laughs> it was his first, uh, I mean, this was his first, like, big... This was know, his first big studio movie. Job. Yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, his previous two movies, they were, you know, they were produced by Avco Embassy, which are kind of like your sort of... Um, Run-of-the-mill kind of... I wouldn't say Roger Corman levels, but like, yeah, they, were, they, were, they were a bit higher than that. Right about there, yeah. They're not AIP, or uh, New World Pictures, or whatever the fuck they were called. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, this movie makes great use of its fucking budget. I mean, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. This movie also had the highest budget that the studio... Who, who, who did this? Was this Universal? Yes. So, uh, this, this film was the highest uh, creature budget that Universal ever put into a movie as well at the time. Um, because originally they wanted something like just $200,000 for the creature effects. And, yeah, uh, but that then got negotiated when they seen the script and they were like, oh, we need a wee bit more than that. Not even that, not even <laughs> that. What happened was Carpenter originally didn't really want to show the creature very much. Like, oh, uh, okay. But Rob Bottin was kind of like, look what I can do. <laughs> bro, hey, ma. Bro, look at me. <laughs> look at this shit. And like, uh, he said to Carpenter something like, Carpenter was having a look at some of the effects when they were done. And uh, he was like, are these going to work? And he was like, <laughs> Poutine apparently just said to him, was like, once I add the goo, they'll come to life. <laughs> yeah. The goop brings it to life. I yeah. love that. Well, you know. So we then see the helicopter chasing this poor wee dog and trying to shoot the thing. Uh, unfortunately, they miss. This guy's a shit shot. Uh, you try shooting a fucking rifle while in a helicopter, freezing fucking cold after all your pals have died. People do it. It's a standard. It's a standard method. Don't say it. It's a standard method of warfare. Don't say it for fuck's sake. Say what? I thought you were gonna make a Vietnam joke. Anyway. No, because that guy's a psychopath in fucking full metal jacket. You know? Yeah. <laughs> now I was thinking more. Well, I, it's also a psychopath, but platoon. And he's fucking going. That's the gunner scene. Although they're using an MG in that as opposed to a fucking rifle. Hey. When they're fucking going over in the thing, it's fucking John C. Riley's on the fucking MG. John C. Riley isn't in Platoon. Not John C. Riley. Fucking who am I thinking of? John McGinley. John McGinley, yeah. I, don't I always get those two mixed up. I don't remember that, but I was thinking of the bit of Full Metal Jacket where, like, uh. No, no, yeah, similar <laughs> bits. There's a guy just firing at, like, farmers. So yeah. So, anyway, what was the dog's name again in this? Jed. Jed. I love Jed. Jed's dead. Well, actually, this, actually, the dog that you see running around isn't Jed. It was just a, it was another dog that they painted to look like Jed. Jed's only in the close-ups. That's hilarious. Yeah. So we're looking at Jed's stunt double. Yeah, Jed has a stunt double. <laughs> the dog has a fucking stunt double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Oh, right, sorry. The cover. So we then get our first look at R.J. McCready. A.K.A. A man's man. Kurt Russell. <laughs> A.K.A. John Carpenter's favourite fucking character. A.K.A. Arsehole with a heart of gold. That's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's introduced getting pished, playing chess on his computer. Yep. This is the last... This is the Drinking last J&B. J&B, which I've never had. Mm. Uh, I want to try it because it's in so many fucking 80s horror movies, but, you know. Yeah. 
this is the last voice. Well, this is the last appearance that we have of Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, she's the voice of the chess program. Yeah. Which uh, fun fact? It's a real program. Uh, the computer used in the scene was an Apple II, and it was cheaper to just get an Apple II and run like a chess game than it was to animate it. So they just <laughs> ran an actual fucking game mm-hmm. and just ripped off the Apple II label and put on like Chess Master or whatever the fuck it actually says. Yep. And uh, the Norwegian the scientists come the in. Computer bitch cheats. What? The computer bitch cheats. No, she doesn't. It's physically impossible for the computer to cheat. Ah, uh, well. Because it's running a real chess program. The only way it could cheat if this, that program was written poorly. Hey, man, I'm not going to argue with MacReady. If MacReady says it cheats, it cheats. Yeah, <laughs> fucking MacReady said it. Screw <laughs> it. But uh, we then see the Norwegian scientist land. They go to throw Fermite, and this guy, even though he's got full winter gear on and gloves on and something like that, he fumbles the ball drops it behind him and rather than fucking running away from the live explosive he thinks I know what I'll do I'll bury the cunt yeah because we all know that snow can stop thermite which fucking stopped the Gustav cannon (laughs) hey man I'm not Norwegian they know snow I don't so I'd, I'd trust the Norwegian over snow but obviously this guy didn't know too much either and he fucking died yeah, so he gets blown the fuck up, and his pal is smart. He runs yes. away. Yeah, he runs away, and then spouts in a string of Norwegian, broken Norwegian, we should say. Yeah, I have a I have a friend who is Norwegian, mm-hmm. and uh, the thing is a the thing is a movie that I tend to show friends who haven't really seen eighties horror movies all that much. Yeah, because it's a good it's a good jumping on point because it's great as its own movie. It's fantastic. It stood the test of yeah, time. If you say but it's it, also a great introduction to eighties horror in general, yeah, with you, like the effects it, and whatnot. Yeah, because if you say like, because you always hear like, oh, eighties horror movies had great uh, practical effects. You're gonna you're gonna want to show them like a good example of it. So just put on the thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're from Norway. You're not gonna say, oh, eighties horror movies have the best effects, and then show them I don't know, fucking Puppet Master or some show shit. Ghoulies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking ghoulies. But uh, uh, so well, they're, Puppet they're, Master had some decent moments in it. Yeah. But no, they're 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 from Norway, so uh, uh, they hadn't seen this movie. Uh, not say it was banned in Finland actually when it came out. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so we put this on, and you know, within like five minutes of it being on, he was like, oh, <laughs> and he just told you the full plot of the movie. Yeah. Like, How the fuck did you know that? He, went, he told me and yeah. pointed at the Norwegian yeah. scientist. It's in, it's in broken Norwegian, there, you know. Yeah, so it's either not written by a native speaker or uh, the actor was. But not it's, native. it's fairly. They could understand what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, the dog's the thing. Get away from it, you idiot. The thing. Yeah, he's basically saying that uh, the dog is the thing, and they must kill it, or everyone will die. He once again misses a shot in the dog and hits George square in the leg, and gets shot in the fucking eye by the site leader. They, only McCready calls him George. What do they actually call him for the rest of this? Uh, Bennings. Yeah, Bennings. Bennings gets shot in the leg. Yeah, yeah Bennings gets shot in the leg. <laughs> and then in a fucking crack shot barely get shot in the leg from the yeah. site leader yeah grazes him yeah he he managed to shoot through like the hole in his goggles because his goggles don't even crack he manages to shoot through the sight line in mm. there and get him right in the fucking eye I said it before but the way he dies is hilarious he just kind of throws up his arms <laughs> yeah like, after <laughs> <a little laughs> shot as if he's <laughs> <like, laughs> 
It's as if he's just trying to surrender a little bit too late. Like, <laughs> he's like, oh shit, he's got a gun. Wait, how do I know that? <laughs> Dead. He's like face down arse up a little bit. You know, so. That's the way we like to die. So. <laughs> Does a little death spasm as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can only really think of one other time I've seen that, and I was in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Death spasm? Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. the hammer? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Pretty cool. Guy dies. Helicopter explodes. Pretty decent explosion. A great explosion, yeah. Apparently, um, in the original script, the helicopter, like, uh, I can't remember how exactly it happens, but the helicopter, um, instead of landing and exploding, the helicopter, they were going to do this cliched thing where it, like, flies uh, around, like, the tip of a mountain, then you see the explosion. Yeah. And they're like, fuck it, we're going to show the explosion. <laughs> yeah. We're going to show that shit. So. Too fucking right. So we then have a couple. We then have a couple of scenes of just life on the the research station. Uh, the dog is not put in the kennels immediately. It's just kind of wandering around, getting to know the crew. There is a few shots here and there of folk just, you know, just interacting with one another. We get to have a feel of each of the characters that we'll be introduced to. Yeah, we have a. Who do we have here? We have. A so we have RJ McCready, we have Knowles, we yeah, have McCready, Childs. McCready, the helicopter pilot. We have uh, Wilfred Brimley, the, the diabetic Mormon man. Diabetic Mormon hero as Blair, the mm-hmm. biologist. Uh, diabetes, that man. You know. We have uh, Knowles, the cook. The cook, yes. Uh, Palmer, assistant mechanic. He's Palmer's the, pretty cool. Yeah, Palmer's the stoner of the, of yeah. the, of the group. There's Keith Davids, one. the man. The man, Keith Davids. As, uh, the fucking legend Keith David plays Childs. Yep, yep. This was his first movie as well. Um, was it? Yeah, he was primarily a theatre actor. Um, that explains a lot. Yeah, so this was his first actual Including why I like him. Movie. We have uh, Dr. Copper, who's the, the doctor. <laughs> oh, no shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Copper, he's the... Actually, believe it or not, he's their accountant. Uh, but he's their janitor. <laughs> he's the janitor. It's a doctorate. Mm. <laughs> We have Norris, who's their geologist, so you know, look at rocks and shit. Uh, Bennings, as we said, he's a meteorologist, apparently. Ooh. Uh, Clark is the dog man. <laughs> you make it sound like he's a werewolf. Arroo. We have Gary, the Sorry, what was that? <laughs> One more time. It's like if Richard Nixon. Time. It's like if Richard Nixon was a werewolf. <laughs> we have uh, Gary, the station commander, the one that you know shot the Norwegian man. Yes. We have Fuchs. Fuchs! Who's an assistant biologist. I really want his first name to be Fred, just for the AVGN reference. Fred Fox. Fred Fox. And then finally we have Windows, who's a radio operator. Windows, the guy that plays him, um, Thomas G. Waits, mm-hmm. he's, I've only seen him in one other thing. He is in The Warriors. Oh yeah. He is Fox. <laughs> in The Warriors. So, there you go. That's our station crew. That's our cast for the entirety of this movie. There's nobody else. The only other characters that appear are the two Norwegians, and they're fucking dead. So good lord. Yeah. Don't be so brutal with it. Or the Swedes, as McCready calls them. You know. So at this point, yeah, McCready keeps calling them Swedes, and has to be reminded by the rest of the crew they're Norwegian. You really want to save those crazy Swedes, Mac? They're Norwegian, Mac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Mac. Mac, come on. <laughs> so it's at this point that we get uh, an amazing uh, tracking shot of the dog as it stalks through the corridor. Young Jed. And this was a time I didn't want to. Do they not go to the. 
the Norwegian camp before this? No, this shot happens and then they go to the Norwegian oh, camp. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the dog going through the corridor. And it around. looks room to in each room. Wasn't supposed to look in each room. The original shot, the original kind of plan for that day was for the dog to just walk down the corridor, walk into the room, and that's it. Mm-hmm. However, instead, it pauses. The Jed, the actor, got distracted before it passed one room, looked in, and was then reminded, oh no, hey, you're going in here. Stops before it walks into the room, also not scripted, and then walks in. Yeah, and, which uh, gives it again this wonderful otherworldly kind of feel of like the dog's like stalking his prey kind yeah. of thing and the silhouette the silhouette of whoever's in the room um, Carter apparently just cast like a crew member to be in there so because he didn't really want to have anybody uh, you know yeah they didn't want like the shadow to be too recognisable think, so it just took a random crew <laughs> but it member. looks like Norris it does yeah <laughs> so, I think it, so I think it's Norris <laughs> yeah um, there is one of the fun aspects of this film is trying to figure out who gets infected and when yeah like uh, Car- some of it quite a lot of it is kind of up to your own interpretation yeah Carpenter said when he looked at the script it was kind of like a uh, the way he described it was kind of like a Agatha Christie meets an alien yeah, yeah. But uh, I well, do nice. want to touch on though, mm-hmm. <laughs> before we go any further, because I don't know how else I'll be able to bring this up. You might need to edit out about this because I touched on it. Um, I do want to bring up that Carpenter originally wasn't the first pick to direct this movie. Oh no, he was not. No, <laughs> uh, it was Toby Hooper originally, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, his version of the film was interesting. Uh, that's one way to put it. Because when you first told me about this, I was very excited. Because I quite like Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2. So I thought, based on that, oh, this is a man that knows how to film, like, isolation quite well. So surely him, with this script, would be fucking great. But he made some changes that were fucking strange. Uh, we should probably mention that um, Toby Hooper, yeah, he's somewhat of a horror Legendary genius. Director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did have a bit of a drug problem. <laughs> Just a like, little bit. Yeah, it's, it's rumored. It it's fucking rumored, lightly. It's rumored they had a bit of a drug problem. Um, yeah. I don't know how serious that is, but you know, whatever. Come on, you fuck. Let me try and find this. It was the fucking eighties. The only drug problem that was existed was when country ran out of drugs. Yeah. So, right. So this is from uh, as this is from IMDb. So okay, Toby Hooper was originally stated to was originally slated to direct and co-write this film. For John Carpenter was attached. Hooper's version would have been drastically different from the Carpenter version, featuring an alien that did not shapeshift or assimilate, and following an Ahab-like character named the Captain, who goes on an epic quest to find and kill the thing. The uh, the film would have served as its own film and as both a remake and a sequel to the 1951 film with little influence from John W. Campbell Jr.'s novella, which Hooper openly found to be boring. Hooper also wanted the film to be a horror comedy with slapstick humour. It was pitched as a swashbuckling action-adventure epic, a modern-day Moby Dick set not in the ocean but at the bottom of the world, Antarctica. Producers Drew Turner and Stuart Cohen were were appalled by this pitched script and eventually fired Hooper, with Cohen later saying, we avoided a disaster, it would have been one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Yeah. That it would have been... I don't know as harsh as one of the worst movies ever made, 
when compared to the subject matter of the subject material of the book and compared to what we got with John Carpenter, I think, yeah, it would have seemed like the worst. But if that was just what we got, then I could have seen it being like, maybe not a massive summer blockbuster, but I don't know. It would have been just another kind of shitty 80s action film. I don't know, because I have seen... um, Hooper did a movie in the 80s uh, with Cannon called Mm -hmm. Life Force. Of course it was with fucking Cannon. And it was supposed to be a big, massive, big budget thing. And it had a larger budget than most Cannon things, but it was supposed to be a world-ending situation with aliens invading and London burning and stuff. Yeah. It didn't really work out that well. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you, it's an okay movie. I would, I would, I would. I mean, we'll cover it eventually. You, you'll see. But uh, you know, Hooper at this point, I don't know if you would be able to pull it off. So we now go to investigate the creepy Norwegian site. I love the fucking look that McCready gives. Like uh, <laughs> they're. <laughs> He's got his gear on, they're about to get in the helicopter, and they're like, we need to go, Mac, you know, and like, uh, they're talking about how the weather's going to get shit, and mm-hmm. uh, he just kind of looks up and around, like, are we fucking going in this? <laughs> yeah. What the, what, what the fuck? Yeah, it's a great character moment <laughs> from McCready, he kind of looks up, judges how bad the weather is up there, and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you for real? Oh, and it's something like a four-hour journey there as well. Oh, yeah, he's just looking at him like, you're fucking mental. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, they arrive at the Norwegian base, and he keeps calling out for the Swedes, and I do think it's kind of cool that the uh, Norwegian base, uh, the ruins in the Norwegian base is actually the, uh, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, the set for this is actually the American base, but it's from the end it's of the movie. It's just from the end of the movie after they fucked up the base. Yeah, after they blow it up, so. Which is a really pragmatic way to shoot that, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's a really cool way to kind of stretch the budget, because like, ultimately, how much variation is there going to be in an Arctic research base? in terms of like the actual structure mm-hmm. not fucking much because they're purpose built for like whatever they're researching yeah so yeah. they'll all have the same shit in them for the most part the only thing that'll differ is the crew and the kind of like I don't know like posters and entertainment that's there and yeah. obviously this is a ruined base so fuck them yeah and it's it's pretty decent it's uh, yeah. yeah we also have one of my favourite uh, effects in this bit and that's the frozen blood oh, right. I think it's really creepy the guy, yeah, that was pretty cool when I saw this first time. Yeah, yeah so the, they walk by and one of the crew members has very clearly uh, slit their wrists mm-hmm. and killed themselves. But because of the fact that the base has been ruined and it's open to the elements, the blood has frozen mid-flow. So rather than it being like a pool, you can see like this blood-red icicle coming down. And it almost looks like the tendrils of the thing mm-hmm. from later on in the movie, which is a nice kind of bit of foreshadowing almost. It's, it's pretty cool. Like uh, in the 90s, um, in season one of The X-Files, they do an episode called Ice. And the whole episode's just a homage <laughs> to the to thing. The thing. Nice. Where like they go, instead of an Arctic base, they go to a base in Alaska. And instead of an alien, it's a, what do you call it? Uh a parasite that's been under the ice for years and takes over people and it's pretty cool it's, it's just the thing but X-Files yeah and, and they did another episode later on in one of the seasons uh, I can't remember which season but it was called Fire and instead of being an arctic base it's in a volcano uh, and cool. instead of an alien it's uh, this fungus that can take over people and it's uh, it's like the last of us then 
Kind of. But it's, it's pretty cool. They just said, like, what if we wrote the thing but with fire? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, the X-Files is fucking great. But, uh, yeah. You fucking love X-Files, I fucking you? love the X-Files. Yeah. And this is where we also see the, the, the giant um, ice block with the... Uh, yes. Does it have an outline was... of the thing? Does it have an outline of the thing in it? No, it's no. just an ice block that's yeah. like hollowed out in the middle. Yeah. It doesn't have the outline in it. It's kind of like the original movie where they have yeah. the actual outline. But in the movie, in the original, it has like the outline of like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, who was it? Universal actually released, uh, actually did a, a competition before this film came out. The fucking cheating bastards, right? They said like the winner, basically the, the prize of this competition was like a trip to Universal Studios, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And all the participants had to do was draw what they thought the thing would look like, and whoever got it right would get the trip. Oh, no way! <laughs> that is fucking howling, man! So, you know. <laughs> and uh, Oh, Universal, you sneaky bastards. And uh, How pissed would you be if you entered that and you then went to see the film? Do you remember they did that with Doctor Who, where it was like if they they were trying to come up with a fucking oh no no they went to Blue Peter and said oh if you design a mo- you every, all these kids design a monster and send it into Blue Peter so we got a giant you, testicle Peter K if yeah if you win <laughs> then your monster will show up in an episode of Doctor Who and that's how we got the absorbable off giant uh, from Peter the K? twin from a Clom which is the twin <laughs> planet of, wait for it, which is a twin planet of Raxacorico Fallopatorius. It's just like a fucking prototype of a Rick and Morty joke, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's, what's, yeah. what's the twin planet of Raxacorico Fallopatorius? Clum. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a joke that still works. I still laugh when I fucking yeah. see that. Fucking shite episode, though, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah, some weird shit now. Looking back at it, Doctor Who was kind of shite. <laughs> But you know. get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Says the person that has no Doctor Who fucking uh, memorabilia. So, what's my name on almost everything online? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, get up, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, you know. <laughs> and also, I used to have a shit ton of Doctor Who stuff, but I left it behind when I moved to Paisley, and it has since been lost. I used to have like, the post- junkies have it now. <laughs> no, no, I mean I, when I moved. Two Paisley. Oh, right. What <laughs> is this picture? Like, Not when I moved there's from There's probably a junkie running around Paisley with like a fucking sonic screwdriver. Going, yeah, give me your drugs. <laughs> like what? Give me your drugs. <laughs> Pointing at police officer. You can't arrest me. <laughs> he's in the handcuffs. He's in, he's in the handcuffs. He's still got the sonic screwdriver. Yeah, he's trying to unlock it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You can't uh, hold me, mate. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is also where we first see like sorry, a. Sorry, no, we can't continue that. I've still got the image of a junkie on there, with a sonic screwdriver in my head. Give me five minutes, <laughs> then we can continue. Oh fuck! <laughs> right, so, <laughs> this is almost as bad as my boy. My boy. Fuck. This is close. Uh, anyway, so back to the scene in question. Uh, we get an awesome little teaser of what's to come. Oh, yeah, we the see, thing. yeah, we see the our first taste of uh, Rob Bottin's effects works. Uh, this one without goo. Oh, that is goo on it. 
No, it doesn't, because it yeah. gets goo on it later. Yeah. When we first see it, no goo. You know why? Because it's dead. And what does the goo do? Brings it to life. So. <laughs> Once we add the goo, it'll bring it to life. But, uh, so when um, he wanted to steal a dead one, he just took the goo off. But uh, this this fucking split faced thing, as they call it. Um, it sounds like you're. <laughs> That's very close to a Halo reference. I never played Halo. Fucking split lip. I never, I never played Halo. But this this split faced uh, thing, as they call it, um, Robo Team took a. a, a no, not not a figure, but you know he he originally did the how he did the howling before this movie. Yeah, so he took a cast. Yeah, he had of, a cast uh, of Robert Picardo, who is. Uh, he's the wolf in the howling, isn't he? He's one of the were- one of the werewolves. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's also in um, Star Trek Voyager. He's the Doctor, on it. But um, yeah, he's the Doctor in Star Trek Voyager. It's been a while since I've watched Voyager. To be fair, bald guy. Oh fuck yeah! He's also McNamara and. Isn't Jeffrey Combs in Voyager as well? Well, that's Deep Space Nine. Uh, yeah. uh, Robert Ricardo is also McNamara and Black Ops. Oh, yeah. So this split face thing is just a cut. It's just a, a cast of him that he fucked around with to make this new thing. So you know, re- reuse and recycle. So yeah, and it's pretty gross looking, and its face is all fucked up. Do you think that was a? Do you think the split face thing was an inspiration for the uh, going into shit movie territory here? But do you think the split face thing was a was an inspiration for the 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 two Cenobites in Hellraiser four, the ones that have their faces like? Nah, I think that was more just like a Dali thing. Uh, that's a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> so we get our first look at the thing with a split face thing, which may or may not have inspired Hellraiser four. <laughs> Fuck that movie, man. <laughs> uh. Didn't fucking. Adam Scott turned up in that at one point. He did. Do you know who directed Hellraiser for as well? Who? Kevin Yeager, the guy that did all the, the Chucky effects. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's ah, a terrible that movie. Terrible movie. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so they bring the body of the infected back to the American research site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah, and then they immediately just cut it open. And they cut it open and... Can you this imagine is where the you fucking... think, This is where you think the dog gets infected, then. No, I thought, no, I think the dog gets infected when it's uh, after the dogs. When he's cut open the... the oh, is it the dog that he cuts open? Oh. Because the, 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 yeah. like, I thought it was this one. No, because when he's cut open this one, he's just using his hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> his gloves. But, um, but yeah, they cut this thing open. But Jesus Christ, the smell of this thing in that helicopter. You can't even... No, the dogs come later. Yeah, I know. That's where so I think this, he gets... This is where he gets infected, because no. he has the pen. No, he has the pen when he's doing the dogs. He does the dogs? He has the pen when he's cutting open the dead that's dogs. Okay, cutting them open, right? That's yeah. different from doing the dogs. No, he's got the pen when you he's... Do the do- if you do a dog, then I'm pretty sure that's illegal. No, he's got the pen when he's... He's got his pencil when he's cutting open the dead dogs and shit. Ah, but, okay. um... Yeah. Anyway. But you can't open a fucking helicopter window. So, like, the smell of this thing must have been... <laughs> terrible oh yeah it and it's all defrost- burned as well I must have defrosted on the way back too yeah it's all burnt and shit and like Ugh. oh no <laughs> I don't want to think about that <laughs> I was going to say we were smelt burning flesh but I haven't either so um <laughs> what do I, you think I do with my life I mean I haven't have I no, no you haven't I mean I've seen somebody like fall onto a barbecue once but you know Smell terrible. Yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, so anyway, 
Uh, we get some this incredible effects teasing what's to come. Once again, we just get another couple. After that, we get another couple scenes of them just cutting about the facility. Well, yeah, but when they're cutting open the thing, basically they just say like, uh, "Well, this thing has a uh, human organs. Human organs. This is perfectly normal human, but it just looks fucked." <laughs> so they just assume that it's like this is what happened. Like the barn done this basically somehow. Mm. Yeah. Which is doesn't really stand. Mm-hmm. But uh, then we just get uh, seeing what they do with their night. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Playing poker. Yeah. Playing poker, playing, getting high. Is it, isn't someone playing pool as well? I thought they were playing ping pong, but yeah. Ping pong, yeah, sure. Ping pong pool. Childs and uh, Palmer getting high, getting watching, high, watching old quiz shows. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> and Childs in his fucking long jaws. And uh, I think Bennings gets frightened, gets the shit scared out of him by the dog. Yes. And the original, I thought he got bit by it, but he doesn't. It just gets a fright. Ah, he just, just brushes up past him. And uh, it's at this point that uh, what's his fucking name again? Chuck. Clark. Clark. Close enough. Uh, Clark puts Did the dog in the kennel. Can you put this map where it belongs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and goes to put the and all the other dogs are shitting themselves yeah, because they know something's up. Yeah, this is like the fucking. This is it looks like, like a dog. But it doesn't smell like one. <laughs> and this is where the, the, the cornerstone of this movie comes in, you know? Um, this is where I got traumatised as a child. <laughs> I just remember watching this bit and, like, <laughs> looking at it. I was watching it on, um, I was watching this in the living room, so I had the big TV. So I'm just yeah. sitting there like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, I distinctly remember I was eating lasagna. <laughs> like, weird choice to the thing, but okay. I, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, I still ate it, but I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, of course you did. It's lasagna. <laughs> I was just sitting there. You like, always eat lasagna. Lasagna is the fucking best food. Fucking Italians, mate. But, um, Italians, food so good we forgot they did a fascism. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, I've done a fascism like three times. It's fine. We yeah, have, and the food has gotten you forgiveness every fucking time. We invented fascism. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> you can't invent something twice. Yeah, you can. You forget about it. That's not inventing that again. That's just remembering. <laughs> You've invented fascism. You forgot about it. Fine, and you went, fine, oh, fuck, we done that thing. Fine. The first time we invented military dictatorships with the Roman Empire. <laughs> the second time we you invented fascism. <laughs> oh, you had... You st- Oh, you're fucking right as well. That's what annoys me. Because <laughs> uh, it's not the same thing, politically speaking. Ah, uh, you, you cunt. <laughs> you're a cunt for that. Uh. <laughs> uh, just because you got a better fucking grade in history than I did. Uh, sure, <laughs> sure, we invented fascism, but we did not perfect it. No, that goes to the Germans. No, it doesn't. Oh, no? No, the Spanish. They were, spa- they were fascist. Oh, Spanish, yeah, right enough. Yeah, they were fascist until like, the fucking 70s. <laughs> yeah, no, the Spanish perfected And nobody went to war with them. <laughs> They didn't participate in World War Two. No, they didn't. Fuck no, they, they had didn't. they had their civil war, and then Hitler tried to get them on their side, and they were just kind of like, nah. <laughs> yeah, right enough. <laughs> nah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, what, that's the last day. Yeah, <laughs> we just already had one. <laughs> yeah, we just we, we just had a war. We're, we're full. We just had a magic. We're, 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 we're a bit full on genocide at the moment. We're yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Game is Pan's Labyrinth, though, so that's fucking great. Oh, yeah, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Fascism has its upsides. <laughs> no. Game is Pan's Labyrinth. And Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it takes a, you know, you have to crack a few eggs to make an omelette, you know. <laughs> no! <laughs> Fuck no! 
least I didn't mention Shin was listening to that one, so. And you just did? Aye, uh, Italians are great, you know, we made lasagna and fascism. <laughs> the same day. <laughs> <laughs> as, you're, as you're serving up dinner, so I had this idea, what if? <laughs> what if there was a one party state? Yeah. <laughs> We executed all dissenters. What if, what if, see those, see those folk that don't, that just don't like us and disagree with us. What if we just took this knife <laughs> that I'm currently using to serve you up this amazing new food that I've just made and fucking put it in them? <laughs> oh, this lasagna is great and all, but you see the gaze. <laughs> <laughs> We should uh, we should uh, we should impl- we should uh, send this new ideology to our neighbours up north. I hear they have, I hear they don't like the Jews. So oh fuck you! Are <laughs> oh, really the neighbours up north? It's Austria they border with. Yeah. Well, it still works. They had a Nazi party. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the Nazi party. Hitler was Austrian. Yeah, they moved to Germany. Austria and Germany are two different countries. Yeah, I know, but if even you know, back then, even yeah. back then, yeah, I know, but still, the Nazi Party of Austria was separate from the Nazi Party of Germany. Well, they? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Just, it was kind of like how the, the. This is why you got a better grade at history than I did. It's kind of like how the Scottish Tories are a separate party from uh, the English ones. But they're still all cunts. Uh, I don't know how Scottish Labour is different from Labour down there. But they're still all cunts. Aye. I could say that for any political party, to be fair. Can't really call the, you can't really call the Greens cunts. Yeah, I fucking can. They're cunts. What are they doing? I don't know. They'll do something. Probably. <laughs> or they'll have done something and I've just not read up on it because I'm a lazy prick. Yeah, probably. Anyways, yeah. Italians. Great. <laughs> Lasagna, Formula One and fascism. Can he beat it? But, uh... And the Mafia. We don't mention the Mafia. Technically, the Mafia is only the Sicilian one, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we invented immigration. I told my mum I was going. I told my mum I was going going to a wee island off the coast of Italy for my holiday. She went, "Oh, don't be so silly." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have said Sardinia. You know. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, uh, once this, where even where we man? We get sidetracked by the Italians. <laughs> I was just, uh, it's the dogs. Yeah, I know what a dog does. <laughs> yeah, we were, t- we were just talking about the dog. Uh, yeah. got put the this, I'm convinced this was the inspiration for the Demogorgon and Stranger Things when yeah, like, the was. head splits up and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, this scene is fucked. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, it's great. I mean,. Uh, <laughs> the, dog, the, the dog does fully piss on one of them though I'm convinced no, it's well, I know it's supposed to be stomach acid or something like that but like I don't even know if it's supposed to be that I think it's just goo but like nah this is like the one scene whenever I show anybody that hasn't seen this before <laughs> this is when they're like oh yeah. oh oh like, I remember I remember showing this to two of my flatmates and like uh, uh, oh, fuck it Emma was just kind of like you know <laughs> nobody knows oh yeah okay fair enough but uh, you know, and you know who she is, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, but when the dog's face split open like a fucking banana skin, you know. <laughs> what, what, a good, what a good analogy. <laughs> and then, then, then the, the, the skull, skull falls out. She was like, "What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is happening?" Then all the fucking like uh, the tendrils come uh, out. Yeah. Goes the legs, the spider legs and shit. 
Ah, yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> I love watching people's reaction during this scene as well, it's great. Uh, but yeah, our first look at the thing does not disappoint. Uh, as the dog transforms into a fleshy abomination. It also gives us our favourite line, in the, my, my favourite line in the movie anyway. I don't know what's in there, but it's pissed off and it's weird. It's weird and pissed off. That's it, yeah. but it's weird and pissed off, which is uh, a, a great way to describe anything. He's using, yeah, he's, off. he's using the H.P. Lovecraft definition of weird, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, just, uh, not just the weird guy that walks down the street that looks a bit strange. <laughs> no, no. Just, well, that's also the H.P. Lovecraft version, but in a different way. Uh, so oh yeah, the thing's a minority, so... <laughs> and they burn it alive! <laughs> oh no! So this film is technically a hate crime. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know, it's great. More like great crime! <laughs> oh no, I'm going straight to hell. Uh, so, we discover that fire is the only way to kill it. Uh, as they, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, what was it? Because they launched one of them. Bedding, yeah, Beddings runs to child. And he's like, Max says, "Get the flame for it. Get the what? Get the flame for it. <laughs> Get the fucking." That's a great exchange as well because child is so realistic in that. It's like the fucking what? <laughs> it's like what? I'm. I mean, I'm trying to figure out why this team of scientists have flamethrowers in the first place. Like I'm assuming, door, I'm assuming I'm assuming freezes shot or something. Yeah, like I'm, that. Ass- I'm assuming that's what it's for, but it's just kinda like, what the fuck? That is weird, yeah. Why do they also have service pistols? Yeah. At a research station in the middle of nowhere, why do they have service pistols? Do you get polar bears down there or is that just in the North Pole? I don't fucking know. No, no, you do again the North Pole because uh, the Arctic was named after the bears. Mm. And then when they went to the Antarctic they named it that because it literally means without bears. Alright, okay. That's well, why it's Arctica and Antarctica. Maybe it's just so because... So it's uh, bears, no bears. I mean, it was the 80s, the Cold War was still going on. Maybe it's just in case the Russians started to play some funny shit. Or, you know. Or maybe they, or maybe uh, Gary... Maybe shoot a nuke. I don't know. Have you ever the fucking revolver. Or maybe Gary buys into the theory. Did you ever do that in Fallout 3? Just get bored and shoot the American Megaton? Yeah, it doesn't blow up. Yeah, um, I've done that. I was very disappointed. <laughs> I did, I did set it to blow up once, but uh, everyone's done it once. <laughs> Everyone who's had, who's played Fallout Three multiple times has done at least one run where they went fuck Megaton. Moira survives. Yeah, I remember. yeah, she's a ghoul. Yeah, she has a mustache. But um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean like maybe maybe Gary just uh, bought into the 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 theories that there was uh, secret Nazis under the under the ice in Antarctica. That's why he's got his gun. So brought his gun just in case. Yeah, just in case he needed to arm the secret Nazis. <laughs> he just needs to fight against secret Nazis. I mean, look at that man. They wouldn't. They wouldn't take him. He's not a perfect Aryan. His mustache. His, uh, his eyebrows are too bushy. <laughs> they're not. They're perfect. They're flying everywhere. They're perfect eyebrows. I don't know. How but, fucking dare you? But yeah, Gary has a gun. I assume it's to fight against the the Reds whenever they decide to. Invade, <laughs> you know, so the Ruskies. Okay. The Ruskies are coming. You know. So, yeah. So, yeah, at this point, we discover, anyway, we discover fire is the only way to kill it, is they launch everything they have at this fucker. Yeah, this thing turns into a giant... They shotgun, they they launch pistols at it, one of them, I'm pretty sure, has a fucking M16 or some shit at one point. It turns into a giant, like, uh, just flesh monster, as a one giant eye, it kind of looks like the Chernobog album cover. Um, Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Have you seen that album cover? Yeah, it's great. For Chernobog. It kind of looks a little bit like... Uh, the DVD case for Society. 
<laughs> just because it's flesh, yes. <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. you know, just <laughs> But the the weird the weird sort of um, but yeah. Anyway, they set it in fire. Well, 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 the weird goop that is firing at the dog is actually a Twinkie. Um, Enods. Yeah, wherever yeah. that is, Twinkies, man. They're disgusting. Fuck you, Twinkies are great. Ah, you have like one of them, and you're fucking done. Yeah, that's why they're so good. The worst thing I ever did was. Uh, <laughs> you only ever need one. <laughs> the worst thing I ever did in regards to Twinkies was. Do you remember when? Um, uh, I want to hear this story. Oh, it's not gross or anything, but uh, oh, okay. it's, it's uh, the Ghostbusters. Do you remember when Ghostbusters twenty sixteen was coming? Out? Yeah. Right. So when that was coming out, they did that limited edition like Ghostbusters where it was like green. Yeah, yeah. Shit in there. I bought a box of those from the from the from the shopping mall, from the Forge, the shopping center in Glasgow near my flat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that thing cost me a fiver because you know there was from one of those American yeah, yeah. Oh god, you know we were just those things. Are, those things are just fronts for fucking. Those are just money laundering fronts, man. There's no way they think they're making money. I know it's great, but like, <laughs> but like I ate those and drank a shit. T- I was we were drinking like gin or something, you know. Of course you were. And then eating those, it was horrible. <laughs> that does sound like a bad thing. It was horrible. That and you know, Cody was great though. But you know, you know Cody's great. Yeah. So anyway, the autopsy reveals of how the th- more of how the thing works, and the crew discover that the reason it was this big fleshy abomination is it was attempting to turn itself from one dog into multiple. Well, yeah, because it, it was makes... attempting to split off and uh, create. Because you get the flesh lettuce or the flesh cabbage, or whatever it is, when it goes to attack child's face you know, when he's. Yeah, yeah. It's just made up of dogs' tongues and teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Um, uh, and at this point, when they discover that it can imitate other life forms, paranoia begins to set in as they realise any one of them could be the thing. Yeah, any any particle of it can transform somebody and fucking Blair puts his pencil in his mouth that he's been poking the fucking thing with. Tits. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because it was written into the script that um, that by the time, I mean, skipping forward a bit, but by the time Blair is destroying all the, the radio equipment and stuff, and the original script, um, he's infected at that point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they added in that part of him, uh, you know, doing the simulation mm-hmm. after they filmed all that. But so. yeah. So it's kind of throwing a bit of mud in the water there, but although that the could be read, that scene could be read multiple ways. One, he's yeah. not infected yet, and he wants to see how long they have before the thing becomes unmanageable. Or he could be infected, and he just wants to see the same thing, where he's just like, or he could be infected, and he's like, okay, <laughs> how long does it take? How long will it take for me to fucking take over this place? Yeah, like, is this place worth my time? Can I? Yeah. Well, sticking his pencil in his mouth, he's going to be infected that way. I believe that's where Blair gets infected, because mm-hmm. uh, I believe everything he does after that is kind of like a. You know, I believe that the the part where he's uh, looking at a simulation is just him trying to figure out how long it's going to take for him to take over the world. Yeah. And uh, him destroying the radio, I think, is just like a uh, a ruse. You know, just to be like, I'm not infected. I'm just paranoid. But uh, I feel that, yeah. Yeah. But it also stops them calling for help mm-hmm. and warning anyone. It's a double-edged sword because, on one hand, it stops them from calling out to a rescue, but also stops them calling out to tell them. The situation. It's interesting though, in the original book, um, they purposefully, instead of not calling or the radio's getting destroyed, uh, they actually make a point of using the radios to say that everything's fine. 
because uh, they don't want the thing escaping and the protocol is if you don't radio every day or so mm -hmm. they're going to think something's wrong and a rescue team will come out mm. and they don't want that so yeah. that's another aspect of it still like who's the thing is anybody talking to, has anybody spoke to the radio today mm -hmm. you know if somebody if uh, nobody's spoken to the radio why hasn't anybody gone to the radio yet is somebody infected that sort of thing so you know that's cool I like that but they they didn't do that in this movie but what can you do they could have could have well, Windows, the most <laughs> anxious man ever. Uh, yes. So, it's at this point that Matt goes looking for the crashed ship that the Norwegians were investigating because they found basically they found a bunch of VHSs when they first went through to the Norwegian mm -hmm. research site. Are they VHS or are they Betamax? Does it matter? I don't know. I just does it? Did we really see them? I don't think you do. I'm guessing they're VHS. Yeah. Whatever. But uh, anyway, and they go to find it out. Uh, they were going to investigate the crash site, basically. While they're investigating it, the body that they brought back from the research station begins to thaw out. Mm -hmm. And the crew is in some serious fucking danger. We then, another, we then get a couple of, of clarifications Two where the things. doctor announces those things aren't dead yeah uh, there's a there's but a Benning's fucking us uh, yeah, there's, there's a bit that's um, that was shot that they deleted it where um, after Blair's like oh yeah the thing's kind of still alive you know uh, everybody just kind of backs off a little bit like whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah I wish they kept that in because that's quite funny I like that yeah and um, they also but, we should also mention as well that um, when they're at the spaceship or where the space where the spaceship is uh, Norris says something like uh well, it's been in the ice for a hundred thousand years. Yeah. So it's been there a while. <laughs> oh yeah. I did. I did actually wonder though. I mean, I'm. I don't know too it's much. Like they about say the ice around it is at least a hundred thousand years old. So by that logic, the ship has to be roughly the same age. Yeah. Not to have crashed into it. I don't know much about the science behind in, in Antarctica, right? I do know that Antarctica at one point was apparently like a lush place. Yes, yeah, during Pangaea. Yes. So. Uh, 100,000 years ago was that no before or after Pangea no I don't think so anyway I, I know I know I know modern history <laughs> by modern history I mean Romans onwards <laughs> but you know yeah I don't I don't think so but again I'm not a historian so I couldn't tell you but uh, at this point Bennings is then killed by the creature and a pretty gnarly death scene like he's like wrapped, yeah, got he, tentacles wrapped all around him and he's all goopy looking and shit it's fucked up man yeah because they moved the body into the storeroom uh, along with the uh, Norwegian yeah um, yeah <laughs> Windows comes back and sees like you know the thing's sees gone sees that and... freaks the fuck out grabs everyone brings them back Bennings is nowhere to be seen yeah the window's broken so so this leads into arguably one of the most iconic shots in the movie mm -hmm. which is Bennings in the show in the snow even yeah, everybody's circled around him. Everyone's circled around him. His hands are all fucking thingy. Yeah, his hands are the... <laughs> I think I said it last time. His, his, hang, his hands are uh, like if the, the the hot dog world from Everything Everywhere all at once just kind of took a Cronenberg turn. <laughs> if the hot dogs were uncooked. Yeah. Or they were cooked too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, either <laughs> Now that's later. If they're cooked too much, that's later on in the scene when mm. they fucking burn them. And uh, we get our first big thing scream yeah. as it says 
awful noise. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's an awful scream, which is, oh, fuck me, and man. The synth, Beautiful. And, and the fucking synth music does this really deep... Yeah. Deep note. <laughs> I don't know how, how you'd call that, but yeah. The brown note. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly shat themselves in the cinema and watch that. I'm burning up. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. Why? It, it has made the brown me, note in it. It made me poo. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. It made me soil myself. On uh, numerous occasions. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. They set him on fire and uh, does he blow up? No. No, they just set him on fire. I mean, uh, uh, but uh, one of my. That's. As in tradition, one of my favourite things about this movie is that the characters in it are all quite smart. Mm-hmm. And that they very rarely, if ever, make like inhumanly dumb decisions just for the sake of the plot or just to facilitate like another sighting of the thing or another kill. The same way that you would see in the likes of your Friday the 13th, your Halloweens, yeah. and what have you. It's such a major. I mean, it's such a massive fucking part of horror movies that they even parody it in Scream, where Jamie Kennedy's shouting at fucking uh, Laurie Strode. Oh, he's behind! He's behind you! Come on, don't hide the fucking thing, you know. While uh, it's been yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Scream actually. But uh, yeah, they do. They have that sort of moment in it. But this doesn't really happen. I don't really find my, I don't find myself screaming at the screen yeah, for any reason other than the fact that I have been thoroughly. Fucking frightened. Yeah, Carpenter horror movies, apart from Halloween, don't really have teenagers. And Halloween has, yeah. Apart from Halloween, obviously. And Christine. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Halloween, Christine are like the only ones that have like teenagers, and then the rest of them are all like. Um, yeah, but even then, the teenagers tend to make like fairly decent. Does it like? Oh, I don't know. There was one guy. There was one guy, Christine, that I, I was. Oh yeah, when he uh, runs down the the corridor, I think. Or the guy that just stays in the fucking no, we'll, garage. No, we'll get to it. But we'll get to it when we cover Christine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the the point I'm making is that the fact that the characters are quite aren't brain dead makes the film so much more terrifying. Yeah, well, because I mean, even though they are making smart decisions, they're still smart decisions. Die. They're still getting fucked up. They're still getting killed. And we'll see this again in Prince of Darkness because um, I don't know how much you know about that movie. I know but, nothing um, about that movie. Well, everybody in that movie are all like grad students. Right, okay. okay. It's like, uh, you know, they're doing astrophysics or. Um, is it astrophysics? Is that one of his Lovecraftian things, Prince of Darkness? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the Apocalypse trilogy. But yeah, I've got, I've got to mention this is the first part in what Carpenter calls the Apocalypse trilogy. They are movies that aren't connected by story or anything, but they have similar themes, you know, the end of the yeah. world. So this thing could take over the world. The next installment was uh, The Prince of Darkness. And after that's called it, not called it, space. So uh, in the mouth of madness. Yeah, thank you. Well, later on, we see Mac then sees Blair sabotaging the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Which, depending on your reading of this movie, he is either doing because he is the thing and he wants no one to leave, so he wants to get everyone. Yeah. Or he is doing because he has realised that the thing could potentially get everyone if it gets to civilization, and is trying to stop that from happening. Depending on your reading, it's two very different scenes. Yeah, and this is where he goes a bit fucking mental. And he goes, fucking apeshit. I do and fucking uh, love this. <laughs> you tell, because the child's, child's is bit and this is fucking hilarious. Yeah, Mac tells Childs to like uh, go talk to him, you know, uh, try and calm down while they'll come in from the other side of the room or Yeah. So Childs uh, is crouching down, he's uh, at the door, he's like, come on, Blair, you don't want to hurt anybody. He just fucking turns around and fires a gun right <laughs> <in his face. laughs> 
You don't want to hurt anyone, do you? They are fucked. And he's like, ah, and the way he just, just the way he says it, he's like, I'll kill you. Yeah, he puts on a heavy southern accent out of nowhere. And the guy in Utah is a cowboy. True. I mean, there's in the south, but like, uh, he is. It's he is, cowboy territory. Yeah. Farmland yeah. and that. But yeah, so, uh, I'll kill you. They eventually, they manage to rush Blair with a table and cut. And Blair takes an axe to the table and Kurt Russell or McCready is notably fucking terrified. Exactly. More so at any other point in the film yeah, it's a real when axe. this axe comes through because, as you said just now, it is a real fucking axe. And the table he's using is And his table <laughs> is, was not as thick as it was supposed to be so the axe went through a good bit further than it was originally meant to. Yeah, if his face was any close to that he would have died. And, yeah. <laughs> Kurt Russell nearly fucking dies in this movie. <laughs> like, there's not not McCready, Kurt Russell there's nearly another, fucking dies. There's another point where I'll point out that he nearly dies in as well. Um, Go on. Uh, it's when uh, they're doing the blood tests and fucking, uh, what's his name? We'll, we'll get to that yeah. later on. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that section when uh, mm-hmm. when the blood tests come up, but he does also nearly die in that bit as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Carpenter, a paragon of safety. Uh, so, ironic for a carpenter that he nearly killed someone with a table. <laughs> so they lock Blair in a tool shed. Oh yeah, they beat the fuck out of him. Though. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I I know this is supposed to be a very tense scene, but I was pushing myself laughing when they were kicking in to Blair because <laughs> they're all because the guy the the mains are cast initially subdue him and get in there, and then Knowles out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Just, is it Knowles? I, it's not. It's either Knowles sure or it's McCready. <laughs> I thought it was McCready. Just gets in there and like pummels him. It's either Knowles or McCready. One of the two. I think Knowles holds him down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Knowles is holding him down and trying to keep him steady. So is Child. So is everyone else. Right. And McCready just jumps in and fucking lumps him. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. so funny and pointless because up until this point, everyone's fairly like just trying to subdue him, trying to like take the non-violent way out, and McCready just jumps in. I mean, he didn't murder him. <laughs> he fucking could have with that punch. But <laughs> he, he didn't murder him and kill himself. He's no crisp. <laughs> he didn't have CTE, you know. <laughs> uh, fucking CTE. Fuck me. Anyway, Jesus. So, it's at this point that Doc. Copper? Cooper? Copper. Copper. Uh, comes up with an idea to test to see who's the thing and who isn't. We got all this blood. Yeah. We're going to... They have a supply of clean blood and the the surgery, we'll call it. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is where like a lot of people say that this whole movie is actually an allegory for the AIDS epidemic comes in as well. Um, I can see that to a certain degree. This also isn't the only character movie that people say that about. Uh, Prince of Darkness as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> a lot of people say it's, a, it's all about AIDS, but he, you know, I don't think Carpenter really did any of that. I think he was just kind of like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty cool, an alien running around the place. Yeah, Carpenter doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to make, like, that level of commentary in a Unless film. Unless he's doing They Live. They Live. He did on Yeah, but to be honest, that was like, that was just so fucking like that was not there was no subtext yeah that's just on the nose (laughs) that's just him being like yeah (laughs) subliminal messaging (laughs) (laughs) but you know Carpenter they used to use subliminal messaging as advertisements back in the day Mm -hmm. they used to have like drink coke and stuff like that yeah I remember 
But, uh, what do you mean you remember? You weren't fucking alive. No, I remember reading about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they come up with this test where they mix their own blood with... Well, no, they have, to, they, have, they have to come up with that test because... Uh... No, no, no. This is the original test. They mix oh, yeah, their yeah. own blood with the clean blood. Mm-hmm. And if the clean blood then ends up infected, then they know who's infected and who isn't. Yeah. How they would be able to tell if the blood's infected or not, I don't fucking know. No, 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 they were going to... Put it under a microscope or no, something? It would, no, it would just do what the, the blood in the test that they do does. Where it goes like, eh! Because it it's taken it over. Oh yeah, right enough. No, so, yeah, tell it. Cool. However, someone broke into the blood supply and cut up all the bags. So they cannot do the test. Windows... They, they all take like three, bla- three bags of blood each, it looks like. You know, three bags of blood for each person. Yeah. How much fucking... Did they... Surely, each bag, surely. I'm sure they didn't do that all in one go. No, they haven't come in. Also, it do- also it doesn't necessarily need to be that person's blood. It could just be their blood type. Yeah, but for this test, it needs to be their blood. I'm talking about the clean uh, blood. The ones that you're talking about, where it's like three bags each. That could just be their blood type. Uh, I thought it was like, I right, will take some blood out of you so we can put it back in later. <laughs> I was like, why would that work? But okay. It would. Yeah. That's probably how blood donations work. Yeah. Uh, so Windows shits himself and runs. He grabs a gun. Grabs a fucking gun. He smashes gun. a window. He smashes the gun cabinet window, takes a gun. Yeah, takes a shotgun. Before he gets a chance to load it or even cock the thing. Uh, Gary. Gary's there with his revolver in his face. <laughs> I'll put this between your between your eyes or in your head, or whatever the fuck he says. No, he says I'll put one between your eyes. Yeah. And, uh, and I after, believe him. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe. Yeah. Well, I don't believe he would put it between his eyes. I think he would just go right in the fucker as as his modus operandi at this point. Mm. But uh, it's at this point that after this sort of communication breakdown and everyone's kind of calmed down after this big confrontation. Uh, Gary admits he's like someone needs to be charged and it can't be me because you all don't trust me again characters making very you know smart and understandable decisions in this point Mm -hmm. like any other film would have had Gary just going I'm in charge fuck all y'all and then it becomes like a big fucking fight or something yeah (laughs) then he he says that Norris should be in charge and Norris is kind of he's not the first person I would have thought of but well, he's the one that came up with the test, so it does stand to no, reason. No, it was Cooper, sorry. Yeah, Copper. Copper, fuck! But Norris says... Yeah. Norris, Norris says, like, nah, nah, I'm not wanting to do that. But fuck he's that. infected at this point. Yeah. Or, or at least it's heavily implied that he is. That he is, yeah. Well, we, we don't really know that for certain, but, like... So this could be an aspect of... Uh, of self, actual Norris yeah, coming through. Self or preservation. self-preservation on the things part. Be like, if I start fucking up, they might turn on me. Mm, yeah. So. so the group eventually decide that Mac should be the leader. Do they decide that or does he just take the gun and it's just kind of He takes the gun and everyone goes, okay, it's you. And he takes, uh, what's his name, Clark's knife as well. Yeah. And (laughs) I was just like, okay, well, it's you. Uh, So, Mac, it's then revealed that Mac is recording a tape for future researchers to find, uh, which won't survive the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Fuchs has another great idea. Uh, Everyone should prepare their own meals and eat out of cans because this thing can transfer from like a single cell mm-hmm. so if anyone infected makes a meal for anyone else all it would take would be for them to like cut themselves when they were preparing it or some shit like that and then or we just do like McDonald's workers do and spit in their food yeah <laughs> other restaurants are available 
if you want spit tainted food uh, Fuchs in and finds Mac's torn jacket a little later on I believe that's pretty much what happens no Fuchs is burnt to death by that point no Fuchs finds it first alright yeah, yeah and does nothing with it yeah well we should also mention we, we talked about this before uh, when we recorded this last time way before this novels comes in yeah into the room and he's like which one of you dirty men is throwing your drawers in my fucking bin you know yeah yeah and uh, it's just a pair of massive pair of long johns so that isn't really touched upon it's just uh, again it's just mentioned movie. it's just kind of mentioned it's mentioned so again it's a wrapped up pair of long johns though yeah and so and when the thing takes you over it wraps up your clothes but what shreds. they but what they leave out was that in the original script and I think they may have filmed it he describes it as being a big pair of long johns right yeah and the only person we see that's huge and is and wearing like long johns for the entire Childs. thing is Childs so who knows but from what we can gather at the end of this movie Childs is in, isn't infected so Childs no, is probably not. so Childs is probably shit himself probably yeah <laughs> and just hit them in the bin <laughs> Just being high as fuck, just being like, oh no. Shout as long as What do I do with these? Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Throws them in Nulls' bin. Yeah. <laughs> Prick. So, uh, <laughs> finds Max torn on jacket and then immediately takes off. He's like, fuck this, I'm gone. Oh no, remember before that we see uh, he's in his lab. Remember Fuchs is in his lab? Mac comes in, that's where he tells him we need to eat all the, our own food. That's before shit. this. Yeah, I know, but you're skipped. You skipped a bit. So why does Fuchs leave to go find? Well, how does Fuchs find the jacket? It's because he sees somebody walking out in the corridor. Oh, so he does. Yeah, the, you're the right. The big old jump scare. <laughs> oh, that I have that down. It's, I have that down. It's happening later. I'm sure. No, because Fuchs dies at this point because he doesn't do the blood test. Oh yeah, no, you're right. So my notes are fucked. Yeah. So uh, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> we have the big old jump scare. Where uh, we should also mention as well that Fuchs, uh, Fuchs is fucking shitting it because uh, whenever when Mac comes in to speak to him, um, oh yeah, he's, he's holding he's, on to he holds on to like what I can only assume is a jar of acid. Oh, that's what he's, that's what the well the actor said. That's what it was. Yeah, he never it's never mentioned in the movie, but uh, and the he's guy ready to hurl that shit at. Uh, yeah, he's ready to he's ready to like throw that shit on him if he, uh, he's ready to go through London on him if he, if he Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, um, if McCready attacks him. Uh, but yeah, so the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Standard horror movie fair turns into a spooky haunted house. Um, and as he's going, he lights a candle as well. Fuck's sake, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those overly waxy ones that's like you know dripping. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> then we have just this figure walking across the screen, and the the musical sting at this point. I will admit, when I first saw this, I shat myself. I was like, <laughs> I was like <gasps> my lasagna went everywhere. Um, oh no. I didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't know. Yay! I'm a master eating that shit. So <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no. And again, this is one of those moments where if I'm showing this movie to somebody who's never seen it before, they always fucking shit themselves in that part too. And it's like, not even that, uh, I mean, you don't really see anything. All you see is a shadow walking across the screen. Yeah, but that sting. It's the Carpenter special. We saw it in fucking uh, Someone's Watching Me, where the guy just runs, a, runs across the background. We see it Escape from New York as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, we probably see it in Halloween as well. Um, don't think we do. No, we not. Okay, well. No. But, uh, Carpenter special, bro. <laughs> do we get it in the, no, we don't get it in the fog, do we? Uh, no, no. No, but you know. Unless you count the fog blowing by the background. <laughs> mm. Well, it's great. Um, 
Yeah, that's why Fuchs goes outside because yeah. he sees that person run outside. Yeah, and he finds Mac's torn jacket, uh-huh. which is supposed to be a little red herring, herring implying that Mac is infected. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the team realizes Fuchs is missing. So they all go. And they all go out to look for him, and this is where my favorite shot in the whole fucking film happens. It's they go to check on Blair in the cabin, and. Just to the left of him, there's a noose. I want to come back inside, I'm fine now. I'm okay now, in a very sort of monotone voice, it's just, I'm fine now. I want to come back inside, please, I will not hurt anyone, please can I come back in? Mm -hmm. All the while this noose is just right there in front of him, it's fucking creepy. This is the shot where, see... This is the shot, I think, when I, whenever I'm showing this, this film to folk that want to see it. This is the shot where people are like, oh, that, this is the shot where people kind of get it mm-hmm. at this point. Because up until this point, right, for the most part, yes, this film is amazing. It is a masterclass in horror. But up until this point, it's very easy to write the film off as a special effects showcase. This is the shot where it's like, oh fuck no, the ca- this is actually like, we're seeing a bit of a character study here and how each one is like kind of mm-hmm. reacting to how each individual is reacting to the emergency, to the creature. At this point though, we're still not entirely sure if Blair's infected or not because as a... I think he is. Yeah, he, I think he is, but like uh, as, a, as a general audience, we're not entirely sure because yeah. there's, two, there's two instances where he could be infected and I'll get to that when we get there. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, they find Fuchs' burnt up body as well at this point, I think, as well. Yeah, so this is where we find that Fuchs has been burned alive. Yeah. Was he burnt did he burn himself alive to stop the thing from taking over? Did the thing burn him? Did someone else did the individual that was ch- that he was chasing burn him and then run away? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Personally, I like to think that he was infected and it was like a last kind of ditch. Like so, a last hurrah for Fuchs's humanity. His last decision as a human being yeah. was to be. I'm not going to be taken over by this thing. Pull the pin in the thermite. Buff. Mm-hmm. Up he goes. Mm. <laughs> so is it? That, is this where McCready does the whole? Um, I know I'm human. Or is this that is after? Li- this is a little bit later. Right. So everyone thinks Mac is one of these things now. Yeah, so right, yeah, so right. that's where uh, yeah, so yeah, because McCready says uh, he says to all that he needs to go up to the shed. He's like, why the why why the hell are we going up there? Because the light for? wasn't on because I switched uh, the light off when I left. Uh huh. And now the light's on. Uh, do you want to hear a real life horror story about that? I've told you this before, but they have. Yeah, go on. So I have a friend uh, that will remain nameless, but uh, they have um, you know they don't live here, and uh, I got uh, a phone call from them saying like uh, they left for work one day. And uh, when they got back to wherever they're staying, uh, there was a lamp on, and their shelf had been taken. <laughs> and they live alone, so who knows what happened there? Just the shelf, though. That's what fucks with me. <laughs> Just the shelf. So you know, and uh, apparently nothing strange has happened since. So, so that's fine. Still fucked. I don't know. It was, it was fucking weird. But uh, yeah, so the the lights are on in uh, McCready's cabin. They go up and look, because um, doesn't he? Don't Dolls they, ditches him. Yeah, because because McCready says to um, Childs as well. He's like, if we're not back in twenty minutes, lock this place up. Um, yeah, 
So they come back. Well, Noel's well, come Noel's back. come back. Says that he found the torn up uh, uniform from Matt. Yeah, in his furnace. Yep. He's like, I cut him loose. Yep. I cut him loose in the he snow. He off. And so, eventually, Matt manages to make his way in and get back. Yeah, they're, they're also having arguments as well. Being like, <laughs> it's like, what if Matt's one of them? What if he's not? You know. So. Yeah. Uh, so throughout all this, Matt makes it back into the camp. To the storage room. To the storage room. Uh, is it Norris that lets him in? No, he breaks through. He breaks a window. He breaks, oh yeah, he breaks a window and comes in. Yeah. And he he deals with these accusations. Yeah, we, should, we should also say as well that Norris. Norris is, is kind of coughing and spluttering throughout all of this. Holding his chest and wincing. Holding his chest, yes. Oh. Uh, so yeah, Matt responds to the accusations that he is a terrible alien who wants to kill everyone. By uh, grabbing some dynamite and threatening to kill everyone. Yeah, he's got a lip, uh, he's got a lip <laughs> flare next to it. Have you noticed that during the scene he's actually like what a say, fucking idiot? Have you noticed but, that during the scene he's also saying his lines really fast? Yeah, because he's actually fucking freezing. Well, no, it's actually no. They were filming this on like a soundstage. Uh, they were they were warm, but uh, oh, okay. the reason he's doing it really fast because they were using a real flare, so the flare would just burn out. Oh, so that's why he's doing this laser. I thought it was just because he was like trying to like make out that he was freezing. He's like, I don't know, like all this. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, he's doing that too. But like, uh, the, the reason he's speaking really fast because like the flare would burn out. So. So he has to beat the flare. Uh huh. <laughs> that's brilliant. So he wouldn't have to do it again. So. so, this is where. Slightly after this is where we get another iconic scene. Well, no, 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 no. collapses. Yeah, yeah, because they, they they use uh, McCready's um, strategy to get Blair against it on him. Yeah. They, they run around from the back. Yeah, and try and take him out. Except he, he knows that shit. <laughs> yeah, and stops him from doing it. During which time Norris then collapses. I think it's hilarious as well that when uh, he knocks down Nolls, Nolls just immediately like, It's cool, man! It's cool! <laughs> it's like, like, no, it's not! You just accused me of being an alien and tried to fucking kill me, you he said. Just, he just attacked me from behind. <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, yeah, so we go to another iconic scene as a dog tries to save Norris. Yeah, Norris has his heart. And loses his arms for the trouble. Yeah, you fucking like. Ah, oh, I remember the first time There's I saw this. Later, see. I remember the first time I saw this. He was just going clear and all that shit, and then the chest just caves opens in. Opens up. No, it doesn't cave in. It opens up and bites him. Mm. And to get this done, they they hired a guy that um, had no arms, so they just attached like yeah, these, they hired a W amputee. They just attached like these arms made of like gelatin to him. Yeah, then, like uh, and he went in and pulled them off, and then that was it. And he was great. wearing he was wearing a mask of dark copper as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is great. This is effective. Yeah, this is another one of those scenes whenever I show somebody that's never seen it before, they're always like, "Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck?" And then, and then they keep yeah. saying it until like the scene ends because it just keeps going. His <laughs> fucking chest opens up and then all yeah. these sort of like end all hell breaks loose. All these green entrails come out. The theater. Yeah, and uh, uh, they actually said that uh, they picked like the specifically the the, the innards of like the, the thing would be like this luminous green imagine like the predator blood type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. it was going to be like the, the innards of the thing was going to be that colour just so it would stand out from all the, the the drab colours going on in the movie that's fair um, yeah but his fucking head when it like when it comes out or when it this, either the scream or the when uh, it comes out his chest when his head's ripping off yeah yeah yeah, yeah that shit's gnarly <laughs> oh yeah there's also an amazing effect during that which we also seen previously in Hellraiser 2022 they do it in Day of the Dead is it? it's either Day of the Dead or Dawn I, can't, I think it's Day it's Day yeah because yeah. it's the choke on him it's Day of the Dead as he's choke on him yeah so it's Day of the Dead because yeah. it's him where they tear out the vocal cords yeah but uh, as his head is stretches 
his high his voice gets higher and higher pitched. But where this kind of separates from those films, like Hellraiser and Day of the Dead, is that once it's fully snapped off, it immediately drops to be low as shit, which is that classic thing scream of that roar mm. that the thing seems to have. Uh, we then get there's also another there's also another head. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, two heads are better than one. Uh, they burn that well they burn that one and that's what causes the other head to go and it grows like little spider legs and it grows like little eyes I'm going to be honest first time I watched this I thought this was quite creepy when I watched it again for this it's just silly man it looks fucking oh, funny it's, yeah it's funny but it's still kind of creepy but like I just like the way it looks like it's got these little, little eyes, eyes thoughts, yeah. and it looks like, it looks kind of like a crab yeah <laughs> it's, it's just, it's but, just, uh, and this is when the crew learns that individual it's, body parts it's just, can it, it's just the way it moves as well whenever I see something yeah, move like that whenever anything moves like that like it just kind of scuttles about the other, the other example I think of is in Aliens when uh, Ripley and uh, what's her face are trapped in that Newt. room yeah are trapped in that room and like one of the face huggers is kind of like walking is kind of like scuttling towards them yeah like, yeah, like, I don't like that but uh, that kind of spider movement yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> fucking Palmer the best line in the movie like you gotta be fucking kidding yeah yeah uh, <laughs> but uh, this is where the crew learns that individual body parts can act independently of the well, main you say body. the crew it's mostly McCready <laughs> well McCready realises yeah it. And, and then later re- relays the information I also have written in my notes and I don't know what caused this okay but I've just got there, I mean I know for a fact that this is true but I just have the sentence Keith David is a fucking legend and I don't know what prompted that <laughs> did he set it on fire? I don't know I don't think he did or maybe he just had a sudden you know maybe it was just maybe I just had a sudden epiphany he just had a sudden burst of appreciation for Keith David yeah I was just looking at his face and was like fuck yeah I Keith fucking David. love Keith David as well like, I keep saying I've, I've told you before like but whenever I think of Keith David the first thing that comes to my mind is him just being like I didn't take it out for air from uh, Requiem for a Dream yeah and yeah. him going ass to ass mine's is mine's just a little different <laughs> I think of Tales of the Hood 2 Jesus. It's like Tales from the Hood 2, where he plays Sims. I'm just <laughs> thinking in that awesome Paisley suit that he has. <laughs> We're getting fucking destroyed by a coin and nope. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, <laughs> so this is where we get to yet another iconic scene. The copper wire blood test. Oh, yeah. This is the scene that made, um, when Carpenter read this in the script, this was the scene that made him take the movie. He was sitting there, he was like, this is pretty it's pretty fucking sweet and quite right too this is a fucking incredible scene uh, filled with tension and prior to this this is where we get the line you were talking about where it says I know I'm human yeah I like how everybody just kind of accepts that and you <laughs> and oh no this is after they burn Bennings that that, comes, that scene comes in after they burn Bennings he says I know I'm human and if you were all those th- that thing you would attack me right now see I thought it was after the so, blood test bit because they needed to bury or burn um we need to get rid of uh, was it, you know Windows body and ah whatever but you know no it's pretty sure it's after they burn one of the bodies outside yeah whatever yeah but McCready, all McCready yeah. says is I know I'm human and that's good enough for most of them you know? yeah I know I'm human and if all I get another example of fairly decent character logic not the best but it makes sense that you would say that in that situation it's like I know I'm human hmm. and if all you were those things you would just attack me right now so I know some of you have to be human as well. And it's a great kind of, again, just common sense moment in the film. Yeah. But anyway, we're at the blood test now. 
Oh, uh, fucking windows having no safety regulations for blood. Yeah. <laughs> he used the same scalpel for everyone. Yeah, and like as we as you know, as they said, like any small um Yeah, the crew know at this point that yeah, that is the case. Any small like uh, particle of it can it can infect somebody so like But it also doesn't result in anyone getting infected, so no, I don't know if I think that's just you know, script writing an uh, oversight. Yeah, that's just plot armor. Yeah. You know, but like let's just say Windows was infected at that point he would have infected everybody else there yeah because <laughs> he cuts his thumb first and then they test him and well, I suppose he wouldn't have actually infected everybody because if he was the first one to do it and it infected him they would just burn him no because then... they cut everyone first and then they test the blood hmm. that's true that's true they have all the petri dishes there that's true so he would have infected everyone well, he cut himself last, though, so... Um, yeah, he cut himself last. Yeah, yeah, and it was fucking creepy. Yeah, he goes right under the nail. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, this scene did also make me laugh as well. Because there's... With every, with each successful, like, oh, this person's well, human... Before, well, before they uh, do this... Oh, yes. Before they Clark protest, rushes him. Yeah, because he grabbed the scalpel during the whole... Uh, uh, Norris Doc Copper situation mm-hmm. uh, grabs a scalpel and Clark uh, fucking rushes Mac to which Mac replies by turning around shooting him in the forehead <laughs> with a fucking peach of a shot uh-huh. that makes you a murderer don't it yeah. <laughs> and yeah so when we find out that Clark is human uh, we get a great we get a great bit of uh, Keith David acting it's like, so if he was human that makes you a murderer don't it yeah it's great yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like uh, McCready's pointing a gun at um, Childs as well at one point and he's like um, he's like he's like saying he's essentially just doing the whole shoot me type thing you know yeah. if you have the balls that sort of thing and he just cocks the gun he's like I guess I guess you were <laughs> I guess you are going to kill me so yeah. you know but uh, yeah the, the the blood test fucking tense as fuck yeah uh, there's also a kind of funny element to it of when with each successful test, more people are seen behind Mac watching him do the test. Yeah, armed with a flamethrower. And I don't think it's meant to be funny, but it's the fact that it's just a smash cut to more people all of a sudden behind Mac that just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one of these. This is one of these scenes. Whenever I show this to somebody who hasn't seen it before, when uh, he when has, the actual when they test Palmer's blood. Yeah, and then <laughs> the blood just kind of goes. Yeah, the blood kind of turns into a hand and tries to like <laughs> palm his face. <laughs> That made me shit myself first time I saw it as well. Oh yes, same. Um, That's a great jump. So I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, yeah. Palmer's probably my favourite transformation scene as well. Oh yeah, it's, it's like sweet. Face melts and shit. It's, it's sweet. awesome. And then he flies up into the roof and shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when did Palmer become infected though? Palmer? Uh huh. I don't know. Because that's cause, one of the fun bits. See, because with most it of them, could have been his, it could have been him in the the room. With the dog? See, I don't think so. I always, I always assumed that was Norris because, like, we see Norris because obviously we know Norris is infected. Yeah. I always assumed that was him. Yeah, it really could be any point in the movie that he mm. gets infected, though, because the dog's walking around there is, to begin with. I mean, there like, is, as I was saying, like with the long johns, uh, we see Keith David wearing long johns. Palmer is wearing them as well in that scene. So could it be? Yeah, he uh, was infected earlier by the dog, and it's just remained dormant. Yeah. Up to this point, the weed was keeping it dormant. <laughs> Fucking cabin in the woods. But, yeah. <laughs> it was. Did you, did you not remember that fucking uh, uh, health report that was going around around about the start of uh, uh, the pandemic that was saying like we'd actually kept COVID at bay. Yeah. And it was actually slightly proven. 
we're all just sitting there like, well, we won't change our lifestyle. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I, get to pretend, I get to pretend that I was doing this for my health now. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Put the fucking cartoons back on. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't actually get it until... I, I only got it when I was like working in an environment where I couldn't really smoke weed. To this day, I've never had it. I've had it three times. I've never had COVID. Three I've times. never tested positive I'm COVID. fucking surprised you didn't get it because I got it the last time I got it was when uh, oh, it was when we were supposed to go see the Viagra Boys and they cancelled and we went out to the the pub you guys went out to the pub? well you were there too I don't think I was yes you were you were pissed you uh, oh yeah and kill <laughs> yeah okay uh-huh. I'll cut that out because I just said where we were but yeah I remember that now I get fucking rat assed yeah I got I'm, I'm convinced I caught it in the Lee rig because there was a woman that came up to me and was like speaking right in my face at one point but yeah, yeah, yeah. I get fucking oh my god yeah, yeah I was wrecked I got that's where I lost my phone as well on the train <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway back to the film but yeah Palmer turning into the thing his face fucking melting his eyes bulging out yeah it's fucking great flying up into the uh, it bites Wendell's head off he doesn't bite his head off. You see, he doesn't bite his head off. You see his head still. He's just covered in blood. Oh yeah. But like, uh, that's the only effect in this movie that hasn't aged well. As yeah, Wendell's Where, face. Yeah, like uh, if you haven't seen it, um, Palmer's head is essentially like a Venus flytrap. Splits in two. Yeah, it's essentially like a Venus flytrap. That fly effect, trap. I think, is really cool. That's cool. But it's when uh, Wendell's head's in there and he's like, he's like holding, you know, he's bit, he's biting into his head and he's like lifting him up, and shaking him about the place. That's just... A it looks a bit puppety, yeah. It looks yeah. a bit kind of the Muppets, almost. Yeah. It doesn't look very good. Um, yeah. Everybody's screaming, it's fucking but, uh, Mac is uh, Mac's flamethrower is essentially out of fuel at this point, or close to it, because it's not working. Yeah. Uh, there's an excellent fire stunt uh, when he finally gets it and burns Palmer, which, again, I really need to commend Carpenter here, because he fixed a problem that a lot of fire stunts have, especially in this time. Yeah, with the game, like, £20. Yeah, because obviously you'd need to be wearing the proper equipment in order to do a fire stunt. Well, obviously it's different now. We've been mm. able to kind of refine it and whatnot. And obviously you can kind of change that cheat it up with CG to make it look even more realistic. I don't but, know, I haven't seen any CG fire stunts that look realistic. I haven't seen any CG Oh, no, I mean, fire. like, you can, like, make them seem a bit thinner. Whether oh, so you can cheat right, that. Right, okay. I don't mean putting them on fire. Like, CG fire almost always looks shit. Yeah. <laughs> But, the uh, worst CG five I've ever seen is uh, I haven't seen the full movie. I just saw this clip of it. Was it a Neil Breen movie? No, it was a Cronenberg oh. movie actually. Uh, oh wow, okay. Uh, the movie he brought out before Crimes of the Future, um, Maps to the Stars. Oh yeah. Somebody yeah. gets set on fire and that, and there's a. It just went around the internet at the time because you know they were like, "What the fuck?" And it looked. What terrible. is that shit? Uh, yeah. It looked terrible. Apparently the movie's good, but just that one bit is just kind of. You know, yeah. Uh, so the. Yeah, yeah. Is that they, they solve that problem by essentially just having the thing transformation be Palmer gets bigger a little bit so when <laughs> it does go out uh, there's no change between the transforming Palmer and yeah, this is the just on the, fire Palmer it's just the same it's great I yeah, love it and this whole scene this whole bit of him going on fire is just a homage to the, origin, to, the, to the original movie it is yeah uh, have you seen that bit or like, I haven't seen the Isn't movie I don't know because I haven't seen the movie I've just seen that one bit but like have you seen the fire stunt in that they set that whole fucking place on fire oh yeah they're just chucking like <laughs> they're just chucking oil on them and shit yeah <laughs> but like uh, 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, so he falls in the snow, and then Mac then crashes throws the some dynamite at it. Crashes through the fucking wall. Oh, yeah! Yeah, he does a reverse fucking Kool-Aid, man. This is where Kurt Russell almost died again, because uh, the yeah, explosion was a lot bigger. Yeah, he finished it with some dynamite, and the, the yield of the dynamite was a lot bigger than they anticipated. Yeah, yeah, you can see And so you, if you look at Kurt Russell during this scene, you can see him actually take a step back, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, he has to sit around windows. windows as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, and then they te- uh, we they get to the Billy the test. Not boy. No, no, no. We were skipping. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, no, they finished the test, and yeah. we get Gary's best line in the movie. Yeah. I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but if you find the time, I'd like to not spend winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, so they really. Everyone else is positive, so they're good to go. Mm-hmm. They go to give the test to Blair, but the door to the toolshed is open see this is another and this the floorboards is, are now loose yeah but this is another instance of uh, a theory of when Blair got infected because there's a scene when Palmer there's a shot yeah, they drop, when they drop when, the blood the yeah, blood fucks off yeah you see they made a point of showing the blood moving like, like away, away from uh, the scene yeah so it's been posited and I don't particularly agree with this but it's been posited that the blood uh, uh, somehow made it outside and got to Blair um, see I don't agree with that because surely the blood would just freeze as soon as it was outside because it's got a much higher surface area maybe but again so it it's, quicker. maybe but again it's alien blood we don't know how this works you know I mean sure we've the seen thing, the thing freeze and yeah hibernate. but we don't know how long that took true true so who knows yeah that's fair enough but uh, we also find a small spacecraft that Blair has been yeah, building yeah that's the main reason why I don't believe that he was infected during this time period because that took a while to build I would imagine yeah uh, Child's left. We see Child's leaving the facility as well, and it's like a proper nineteen fifties flying saucer spacecraft thing he's building. Yeah, proper. It looks like something. Which again is another homage to the original. Uh, it looks like something out of. Um, it kind of reminds me of the UFO from um, not the not the PS four redo or the PS five. The original redo. destroyer. Yeah, humans. it kind of looks like the original destroyer humans um, UFO to me. But, yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. You know. But uh, so Child's left the facility, and the thing has blew the generator. And they, 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 Mac comes to the realisation that this thing doesn't want to escape anymore. It knows that's not the case. It's not going to happen. What it wants is to freeze and re-enter hibernation. Mm-hmm. With this, Mac comes to then a second realisation. None of them are going to get out alive. And instead of letting that defeat... This is kind of Mac's hero moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he realises instead of being defeated by the knowledge that he is definitely going to die he says fuck it we're taking that thing with us yeah this is another reason why Carpenter took the job he said it kind of reminded him of um, you don't really get them anymore but like uh, back in the 50s and 60s you had a lot of these sort of World War 2 movies where there was a lot of uh, teams going on like suicide missions you know, yeah so. yeah. and he was a fan of those so you know he, he said it reminded well, him of those Suicide Squad oh fuck <laughs> get out of here <laughs> but no I mean yeah uh, they start blowing up the base that's where we get the Norwegian set yeah from. they set about <laughs> setting the facility on fire to draw the thing out the fucking cameraman when they were doing this I was reading something they were saying like uh, in order to get they the were shots, in danger yeah in order to get the shots of like the corridors blown up and stuff they had to set the cameras up and like just and kind the of <laughs> and just, just hope of, that they didn't get hit by debris yeah yeah <laughs> or the cheddar Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking cheesy joke. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cheesy pun. You know, mm. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Mazda. I'll let you cool down though because I can't bear these puns any longer. Oh, fuck, off. <laughs> fuck off, man. Yeah. I just let it be. <laughs> but, uh, Does that work? Nah, it doesn't work. But, uh, so <laughs> we'll keep it going. Place blown up. The final place they have to set the TNT is like down in the basement. Um, yeah, why the fuck does this place have a basement? Got to store the generator somewhere, I guess. I don't know. I know. It was just weird to me. I don't know what the <laughs> the water level in Antarctica is because we know we can't get basements here because the water level is too low or too it's high or whatever. Too high. Yeah. I don't know what it is over there. Could be whatever. Set up a basement. <laughs> Gary's looking at the generator. He's like, "Generator's gone, Mac. Uh, can you fix it? No, no. The generator is gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fucking hear me the first time. Mm-hmm. It is gone." Mm-hmm. It is no longer fucking here. <laughs> but, uh, so they're starting to set up the TNT. Gary gets picked off by Blair thing by shoving his hand into his face. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a weird death. It's pretty gross. Um, yeah. No, yeah. when he says shoving his hand into his face, it doesn't mean like pushing. He means like he full like melds into the face, like under his skin and you yeah, can see it like moving. He's stretching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like stretching the skin of his face and so it's... They made, uh, <laughs> made Emma dry heave when she saw that. Yeah, that makes sense. It made me dry heave when I saw it. Uh, you see him dry. And I, I don't mean when I saw it first time. I mean recently when I watched it again. I was like, oh. Mm. We don't see uh, Knowles' death. However, it was shot. Um, they did shoot his death scene. Um, what was his death scene anyway? So imagine a uh, um, what's his name? Aliens. Bill Paxton plays him. Oh yeah. What's his name? I know. I just call him Bill Paxton. Game over, man. Game over. Yeah, imagine Hudson from Aliens getting pulled into the floor. Fucking Hudson. And Knowles is screaming for Kurt Russell to help him, and he goes to grab him from, you know, pull him out, and then all the tentacles start coming out of him. Yeah. Um, it's a shame because that would have been an awesome kill. See, they they filmed it, but when they showed it to test audiences, they started laughing because the effect wasn't that great. Ah, uh, so yeah, that's, that's like, fair enough. Then. So fucking cut it out, whatever. And we don't see him die. It makes it a bit creepier. Uh, he just kind of walks off because he thinks he sees something or he does see something but he walks off and then you just don't see him again you don't even yeah, hear that anything is creepy. you don't even hear anything he's just gone yeah that is fucking cool though. Uh, so you know set up the little Looney Tunes cartoon bomb detonator those are real I know they're real but whenever I see them all I yeah, think, think like of like fucking yeah yeah <laughs> do they still use those yeah do they I thought they just uh, I thought they just use a button now I don't know so I went to see them blowing up the the Gorbals flats when they were doing that. Yeah, they just use a button. I don't, I don't remember them using them. <laughs> yeah, but some places still use that. Yeah. The plunger. The plunger. But uh, yeah, uh, we get a Tremors instance of the, the floor. Yep. Which, which is actually pretty fucking terrifying because uh, it comes out of nowhere. So it's just, it's yeah, it just scare. happens. Big jump scare. Uh, get a bit of uh, less than adequate stop motion. I think it's fine. Considering it's not, not basket case level. It's <laughs> considering it's right. In any other movie, the stop motion of this effect would have been absolute would have been absolutely fine. But because you're comparing it to what we've seen prior, it looks so much shitter than what it actually is. Because you're comparing it to some of the best special effects shot in cinema, period. Mm-hmm. Right? So naturally it's gonna look shite. When you put it next to that, it's not basket case level. No, basket case, case was. 
Didn't Henry Lauter do that himself? He did. Yeah. Last case is a good movie, but you know. <laughs> well, it's great. We're gonna do, we'll, we'll do a Henry Lauter series at some point, like because yeah, yeah. that man is is wonderful. Uh, a strange little man. A sad, strange little man. <laughs> and you have my pity. Speaking of Joe Bob Briggs, um, he, he said that Henry Lauter said he was a strange little man. Do you know Joe Bob Briggs is in a casino? Yeah. Yeah. I was watching that not too long ago. I was like, oh, it's fucking Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. What the fuck? But, um, but yeah, I mean, ten go stop motion. It's iffy. And then we finally get the big reveal of. Uh, I don't know if it's his main form or if it's just. It's the it's the biggest version of the thing that we see up until this point. And like, it's I, what a lot of people assume is the thing's true form. And I didn't notice this until I watched it like for this because my copy, my previous copy of this movie was kind of. I mean, it was a DVD. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the best quality. Um, what can you do? But I never noticed that Blair's face is on the... Yeah, the yeah, yeah. mouth is. But, like, this is something I've, I've heard a lot of people okay. say is kind of a bit too over the top. They think that when they see it, they're kind of like, ah, well, whatever. I, I can kind of agree with that to a certain degree, but also, it's the end of the movie. You want whenever, a big climax. You when, want to see this thing. Yeah, whenever you see any, like, merchandise of, like, the thing, yeah. it's never that. It's never that far. No, it's always the surgery scene. It's always either the surgery scene or the dock. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. But we get... <laughs> Not even a one-liner, it's just the, the thing screams at him. He lights up the dynamite, he's like, Ah, fuck you too! Throws yeah. the big dynamite. Big explosion. Massive explosion. Oh, it's pretty... It's pretty it's fucking ooh, great. The pyro man turned up that day. Fucking too, um, right, he did. A, a carpenter's... Fucking devil man turned up at all. Car- a carpenter said that... Uh, the only reason he was able to get the ending of this movie, you know, the ambiguous ending, was uh, the studio said, like, can you at least have something there that might hint that the thing is dead? So when it, so when you hear that big scream when the, the thing screaming yeah, the explosion goes off. Yeah, that was added later. Yeah, that was just that was to confirm that the uh, thing was dead. That was just good that was good enough for them. Yeah, so yeah. which I'm actually quite happy about because I don't I wouldn't want like a big thing where you see a dead thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, it would have been it would have really hurt this movie because the ambiguous ending is part of its charm and that you're not sure unless you've played the PS2 game which is canon mm-hmm. uh, you have no idea whether or not McCready or Childs is a thing there is a common theory that Childs is a thing because you can't see the condensation on the breath but you can you can it's just because the lighting on him is not he's not backlit to fuck yeah, when like McCready is and when this came out originally you know, you're on VHS watching it on a fucking shitty wee TV so yeah if you watch the Blu-ray you can very clearly see oh. his breath and he has an ear or an ear piercing whatever you call it that's prequel shit yeah but it is canon you know still prequel shit though no but and it's kind of hinted at though let's just say that a Fuchs if if that's a burnt body of, of a Fuchs thing the glasses are burnt up too the glasses aren't part of them the glasses are burnt up on the ground yeah, true. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, you can clearly see you know his breath going. And uh, people have said as well that um, Childs drinks alcohol during that part, so that means it can't be a thing as well. You know, I didn't know that whiskey. was a th- what because I'm drinking whiskey. But um, yeah, but how does that make? I it? don't know. People just said that, but I'm like, but you see Blair drinking whiskey as well, so yeah. Uh, no, no, no you see Blair drinking, drinking straight vodka. Yeah, Blair's a man of class. He's drinking straight Smirnoff. Um, fuck off <laughs> class Smirnoff is not classy I don't know it's distilled seven times Glenn's maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah that gave you some fucking flashbacks didn't it 
<laughs> I was a pure man of class once. I went into Asda and I bought an Asda own brand gin. Was it nice? That. I don't remember. I drank too much of it. <laughs> so it must have been nice. I mean, it worked. You know, so it worked. Yeah, it worked. Um, that's that's actually their slogan for their alcohol. You know, it works. It works. Well, would it, if it's Asda, would it just be every little helps? Nah. <laughs> It was for their alcohol. Glug glug. Wait, that's Tesco's you cunt. I don't give a fuck. The supermarket. Who gives? Who cares? Glug glug. Who gives a fuck? But yeah, um, yeah. The, the movie just ends after McQueen's like, hey, let's just sit here and see what happens. Yeah, it fucking ends, and then you know. But yeah, as we said, there is uh, there is a there PS2, a PS2 game. game that released in two thousand and I want to say five two. two? Wow, there's a, there's a, Carpenter yeah. says it's canon. Carpenter also plays a character in that. He voices some character. I don't know. I've never played the game. Apparently, it's good. It's really good. I remember uh, an acquaintance of ours had it, but I never played it. Mm. Um, he said it was good as well, but you know. I don't trust the opinions of a beast. So that's getting cut. <laughs> but yeah, um, there was a prequel in 2011, also called The Thing, rather confusingly, with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And you know, all the special effects bullshit aside of them. Uh, it's a decent movie. It's fine. When you take it without this, when you take it out with the the drama that was the special effects, mm-hmm. then the film itself is fine. It's fine. I, I, I own the movie. I've only watched it once. <laughs> Maybe if I watch it again, I'll feel differently about it. But I remember thinking, this movie's alright. Yeah, it's okay. They just... it's It was such a stupid decision because when you watch the behind the scenes for it, they did do the effects practically. And it was yeah, a studio note for them to paint over it with CG. And the effects look pretty good. So. Yeah, they look fantastic. I do think it was kind of a pointless movie to make because you know what happens. <laughs> it's a prequel. You know what happened to the Norwegians? You can do that for any prequel. Yeah, but but like this is a straight prequel. Like this happened like ten minutes before the first movie. Yeah, if even that. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of pointless. But you know, it's fine if you want to watch it like once. It's it's okay. Yeah. yeah. But oh, the thing, nineteen eighty-two, fucking class movie. Fantastic. Yes, definitely <laughs> worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have now bought the film twice. Uh, because my I fucked up the case on my first copy, and I'm a fucking chronic perfectionist. There is apparently, and I take this with a grain of salt, because these things get announced all the time, there is apparently going to be another adaptation of the novel being made, right? Any idea who's making it? Cannot remember for the life of me. Okay, I fair do enough. not know. But um, there's, uh, what the studios have said is that they're going to try and make it as close to the novel as possible. Interesting. So, you know, it's not a direct remake of this movie. It's going to be more of a adaptation of the novel, as we uh-huh. we discussed. So uh, this could I, it could either work really well or it could be horrible. Who knows? <laughs> another fun fact as well with regards to this specific movie, this is the film that gave credibility to John Carpenter saying he wanted to make a Dead Space movie. Any time, yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. That's already been that's already been shit canned. No, it's not being shit they're making it, but he's just not doing it. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of remakes, though. Yes. Um, did you hear that they're remaking um, Escape from New York? I was not aware of that. And they're getting the guys that did the most recent two Scream movies to do it. Oh, okay, okay, so I could see that. It could be okay. 
yeah. Wasn't a fan of the most recent screen movie, but I liked the I liked five. I wasn't fan of six. I haven't seen any of the screen movies past three, so <laughs> you know we'll we'll get to those eventually. But yeah. you know, so yeah, the thing in 1982, a true classic of the genre. shot on in its release. Yes, but then appreciated more and more with time. As we say, this film has aged like fine wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, worth a watch if you're a John Carpenter fan. Worth a watch if you're a sci-fi fan. If you're a horror fan, or if you just want, or if you just want to see some fucked up shit, mm. watch this movie. It is fantastic. There's a reason there are 101 uh, video essays, podcast episodes. Oh, it's fucking magazine articles about this movie telling you to watch it. And I hope you can tell that we like this movie a lot more than we like his Carpenter's other classic. But uh, oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> but, yeah, well, that's that's actually a good point to make. Whereas films, you get films like Halloween, mm. where they are classic because of the con because they are, are good when taken in context of when they came out. That's part of what makes it a classic is what they inspired going forward. Things like Halloween, things like Black Christmas. Whereas if you watch them through a modern lens, they might not necessarily be as seem as good or as groundbreaking. When you then take them in their historical context, it's fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The Thing is a film that surpasses that in every possible way. Yes, it was amazing for the time that it came out, but the effects still hold up today, the story still holds up today, the acting is phenomenal there's not a single member of this cast that I can think of that was poorly cast in any given role it's all honestly unreal the score as well is fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. everything about this movie I fucking love and as I said there's a reason that I watch this every single year at Halloween there's a reason that I've watched that this film um, has been a part of my movie collection for as long as I was able to collect movies back, I had it on, on DVD, I've had it on Blu-ray, I will get it on fucking Laserdisc if it makes a comeback. Yeah. I, <laughs> this film is fucking amazing. But this film, um, as you say, was unfairly shit on. And uh, because, you could say like if this film had been a success, people hadn't shot in this film, Carpenter's career trajectory would have been completely different. Because oh, after, yes. after this... Um, well, he did do some movies that he had complete control over. The majority of movies that he did after this were directed were, for hire. Yeah, were directed for hire jobs, and that's not to say like they're bad. Like the next film he did was Christine, and, and that's great. And he said that uh, Christine is one of the favorite things he's ever done. Um, mm-hmm. But like uh, you know, but then again, you also have. I mean, we haven't covered it yet, but we also have Memoirs, Invisible Man. It's a complete director for hire job. Sure, he did Prince of Darkness, which was just him pretty much. And I'm fairly certain that um, They Live was him, was just him. Yes, it was, yes. Um, But yeah, I mean... I feel like if this film had done well at time of release... Because he lost... uh, He would have got given a lot more freedom uh, going forward in his career. And he maybe would have been able to do a Western. I mean, he did, but it was a TV movie. Yeah, I mean, a full-blown Western. Yeah, yeah, full-blown. But... um, yeah, and like uh, because of this movie, he lost his director job on the uh, Stephen King. He was going to direct an uh, adaptation of Firestarter. 
Yes. Which did come out, but he didn't. He didn't direct. He didn't direct. It. No, um, he had nothing to do with it at that point. He, he did, however, uh, do the music for the remake that came out. That's pretty cool. Last year, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Shite movie. And his movie. next movie was still a Stephen King adaptation. Christine. With Christine, and we will be looking at that next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I've never seen Christine. Ooh. That's going to be an interesting one for you mm-hmm. then. I've never seen it either, to be honest. I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Uh, so next week. Be sure to tune in as we take a look at John Carpenter's love letter to Americana uh, with Christine. See you there.